Hey everybody, welcome to Artifice episode 105. Um, we are in the kind of like time now where I'm going to have a bunch of news like every week because there's big things happening, but I'll try to make it short and sweet. Um, I announced the title of my new record last week. It's called The Hallowed Wide, which I love so much. These are words that just feel like magical and vibrant and kind of um weighty and um I haven't talked that much about this actually I don't think I've said this anywhere but um you know after I released masks last May I started writing this new record pretty much right away because the pandemic had canceled all of my gigs and also made me feel like so bummed and depressed um and especially with my record coming out and it being called masks and just kind of feeling deflated about that um I started writing right away you know and wanted to kind of write something like beautiful and magical and um you know to kind of just give me uh, um a different kind of feeling to kind of soak up my soul with. And I wanted to write about like the distance between people and how we can like, um, work toward bridging this gap. And I was thinking about this, this idea of like this kind of Canyon or like this kind of impassable stretch, um, between, between people and between peoples um, and maybe even between ourselves and kind of like an evolved self or, you know, even just an older self or just kind of leaving behind things that don't suit us anymore. And, you know, of course, that's also something that I was thinking a lot about coming off of masks and kind of telling all of those stories and getting them out of my system. And I just I spent, you know, maybe several weeks at least thinking a ton about what to call this and what words to kind of come up with that would, um, that would feel right. So I thought like, well, what is this place? Like, what are words for like this distance? And I, I like the word wide because it, it has a connotation that isn't just like this empty distance. It has a connotation of kind of being filled and full and kind of, um, I don't know, like there's like a bit of purpose or like mystery there. And then I love the word hallowed, just period. But the idea of it being this kind of sacred, um, this sacred space, this hallowed wide. Um, and I actually thought of the title before I wrote the title track. So after I thought of the title, I was like, oh, geez, now I have to like figure out how to write an awesome song that's called the hallowed wide and don't worry you guys I did it so um I just got the masters back from the mastering studio uh last week and I uploaded track one to Spotify and other streaming services yesterday and track one of the record is going to be out on August 17th which is so soon and I'm so so excited I was listening to the masters last night and just like getting shivers which I normally don't I don't know. I normally don't get that emotionally affected by my own work, at least after it's finished. I maybe get a little goosebumpy while I'm working on it. Um, but gosh, like I just thought, no, this really is as good as I as I thought. And it really is. I'm not even scared to say that because I'm sure you'll agree. Um, anyway, and then also I released the third and final um, live performance video. I, I made these three live performance videos as kind of like teasers you know uh leading up to the album and um that song is called bitter roots and you'll see that out i think today 
if so, if you're listening to this and it's not out yet, it should be out either later today or tomorrow. Um, and yeah, Bitter Roots is going to be track two of the record. So I'm releasing the record as 12 singles over the course of a full year. So I'm going to put a little bit of an extra bigger gap between track one and track two. So it'll be out uh, maybe the end of October. Um, but it's, you know, it's coming, coming your way. And the, the, um, the studio version of Bitter Roots is so, so good. It's so good. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. Oh, one other thing that's so much fun that I'll just say here in case like the place that you're talking to me is here on the podcast and not, you know, on my mailing list or whatever, which by the way, freaking get on the mailing list. What are you waiting for? If you like this podcast, you're going to like my writing too, which is what happens on the mailing list. Anyway, um, so the hallowed wide is this like fantasy record. I decided to just lean in all the way and maybe like, hmm. It was probably toward the, like about a, about a year ago, um, maybe toward the end of like summer 2020, I had this idea in my brain to create a fantasy map. Like, you know how at the beginning of great fantasy novels, there will be like a map of the world. And I felt like I was doing all this world building kind of in my head anyway. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to draw a fantasy map. And it had been like such a long time since I had been really trying any visual art or doing any drawing. And I spent like genuinely a year. I mean, I wasn't working on it nonstop, but like I, it took a lot of time and really stretched my seals, but I'm very proud of it. I feel like I executed it exactly to my vision. Um, and you can see that. And I'm going to be sending a hard copy of the beautiful Hallowed Wide. I'm calling it the Muse Map. Um, oh, and I also wrote like this really cool story guide thing that's kind of written. Um, it's written from the perspective like you see this in front of you and you take these actions to kind of like accompany almost like there's a little bit of text that you can kind of consume like the way I'm thinking of it is like you read the text in between listening to like each of the tracks and then kind of like look at the little vignettes on the map, um, which kind of the map goes through the record. If that's not obvious. There's 12 little stops on the map and there's 12 songs on the record. Anyway, it's really cool. And I'm going to be sending a hard copy of the map and the story guide with all of the pre-ordered copies of The Hallowed Wide. So if you want to hear the whole story and see all of that up front and not wait until fall 2022 to hear the full record, just go to my website and pre-order the thing. It's really great. It's really good. I'm so excited. Anyway, okay, that's that's my news. And listen, I'm not going to apologize for talking about it because I'm so excited about it and so proud. And it's the art that I made. And that's what this whole project of this podcast is also about. So I know you'll understand. Um, today's guest is kind of a fun one. I met Landon virtually, like on Facebook. Um, I know I've said this on the podcast a million times, but I'm always trolling around looking for interesting people to talk to and to potentially interview. Um, and Landon and I have a bunch of mutual friends who are really cool people. And I'm sure I just saw him like commenting or someone tagged him in something. And I was like, this is a person I should know. So I sent him a friend request and we've been friends on Facebook for probably a year or so. And 
it's uncanny how similar we are in our posts and stuff. Um, so I've been kind of feeling over the last year, like we're really good friends and like, he's sort of like, you know, a kindred soul who I hadn't yet met. And, um, last time I went up to Boise for a gig, it was maybe a month or so ago now. I asked Landon if I could interview him. So um, we finally got to meet in person and had a great conversation. And um, Landon is also very magical and was a great person for me to talk to while I'm in this kind of like magical incubation state with this new record. Um, So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him now. Landon Mon grew up in Salt Lake City and has spent the last two decades as a professional musician and artist living in Boise, Idaho. He currently utilizes each side of his brain solving problems as an IT professional half of the week and playing in bands and indulging in various creative endeavors the other half of the week. He plays guitar, bass, and keyboards in multiple bands and studio projects, is currently working on his seventh solo album, co-hosts an acoustic open mic, mic night every week through the summer, and also hosts his own weekly podcast, Brain Radio Podcast. And his little bio doesn't say anything about this, but he's also a visual artist um, in multiple mediums. And we talk about that in our conversation as well. So summing up, there's going to be a great conversation with Landon coming up in just a few seconds here. Go to my website, emilymerrillmusic.com. Make sure you spell my name right. It's M-E-R-R-E-L-L, Merrell, Merrill. Um, and order the hallowed wide and go check out the song Bitter Roots um, and wait for the single, the hallowed wide track one, the title track to drop on August 17th. Okay, I will be back in real time with you next week. And for now, enjoy this conversation with Landon. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists, and I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. It's kind of a special treat for me to interview someone who um, has listened to that podcast. Yeah. Um, so the only thing I'll say up front is like, if you have any any like just art things that you've been thinking about that you want to talk about. Oh, I'll go anywhere. Go, go for it anytime. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do I'll, it. Like I'll I'll lead if you don't have stuff to say, and then if you have like separate stuff that All you're right. like, by the way, I've been thinking about this. Just go for it. All right. Let's go. And I have Carl here, my little black cat buddy. See, he's warming he's up to you. He's so like, soft. He's like the silkiest boy. I know. I got him like a year ago. He was all beat up and Aww. sick. And uh, a friend was like, Landon's all beat up and sick. Let's get these two together. <laughs> these <And> two boys. <laughs> I love that. And now we're healthy and happy. And, you know, we that's, both got shiny fur. And, that's great. You've been conditioning yeah, and yeah, hydrating yeah. and you know, taking care of your nutrition. Stuff, so. <laughs> um, yeah. are, where are you from? I grew up in Salt Lake City. <clears throat> okay, okay. And moved here to Boise probably like almost 20 years ago now, I think. Okay, okay. So we're starting in Salt Lake. Yes. Um, you know, I always talk to everybody first about their childhoods. Yes. So um, will you tell me, like, I, I, I kind of want to know two things. Like, what was your creative environment like as a child? And then also, um, like, what were you kind of just, like, inclined to do with your creativity as a little kid? Um, 
I have a pretty I have a pretty creative family. Like all of my family members do something or are really into something, be it like painting or music, tons of musicians in my family. Awesome. Um, so I grew up with all of that. My mom's a painter, so she was always doing some kind of crafty was she, stuff. Um like a, a professional painter? Like, did she did she make money doing art? I don't think she really did anything professional, but there was just always tons she of oil always, paintings and that's like, awesome. yeah, craft, just crafty stuff everywhere. Um, what kind of stuff was she painting? She did a lot of oil paintings, like Bob Ross stuff. Like okay, we, we had a ton like of landscapes. That stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool. But then, as she, you know, as as she went on, she got into uh, like little wooden crafts and yeah. had a, tons of like. like Carvings? Yeah, like wooden uh, carvings, and then she paint Whittling. them. Yeah, no, not really. Like that. <laughs> oh. I don't, I don't know. It's like mom crafts, like things you'd find at like Michael's craft okay. store, like okay. little frogs, like you know, and she decorate her kind of like painting them and putting them together. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I and see. there'd be like nine hundred different wooden apple things in the kitchen or something like she that. She just like, like ha- was creative and wanted to like make things. Yeah, she was just always making something. Cool. And then your dad was a musician. Yeah, my dad is a musician. We played in a band together when I moved. To Idaho, but yeah, uh, growing up, that was like my earliest memories are like standing on the piano and looking, standing on the upright and looking down at the keys and (laughs) seeing everything hit. And wow, some of my earliest, earliest memories ever are like, okay, yeah, I think the recording cut out for just a second, but you were saying that your earliest memories were standing and looking at the piano keys. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask, uh, you have siblings. I do. I have two sisters and then a bunch of steps. Old, older or younger? Two older sisters. Older sisters. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then were, what were what were your sisters up to? Were they like doing creative things too? Uh, well, they were really, not really doing creative things, but they were super, super into music. Okay. And my oldest sister is eight or nine years older than me. And so she was really into like the 80s rock. Like that's... I listened to tons and tons of yeah. Def Leppard and Bon Jovi and Motley Crue. Yeah, all that. Tons of awesome guitar solos and like, you know, yeah. there was guitar players on her walls and, and all they, that were stuff. they like quite a bit older than you? Like I'm picturing that they're like teenagers. Yeah. They're yeah, they were older. they were Okay. Just not the, like, the, like yeah, you we didn't like really like three play little kids together. together. Yeah, okay, no, no, okay. no, no, no. They were yeah, all Yeah, just older. the way that you were saying that, I, it made me think like she must have been a little bit older. Yeah, they were the um, cool older sisters. That's awesome. Right. That's awesome. Um Okay, so there was there was a lot of creativity around. It was something that was like um, valued in yeah, your family. For sure. And then, what about you personally? Like, do you remember? Do you remember like identifying as a creative child? Like, when you look back, you know, as a creative adult, like, what are the things that you kind of think like, oh, there was some, you know, early evidence that I that I was kind of headed this way. Yeah, it's full of all sorts of little junk like that. Like I used to I remember I had the I had a sandbox underneath our our deck at our old house. And I would make these crazy inventions like uh you know, I can't remember what are those things called which just a whole bunch of different inventions like cannot, the game mouse trap. I cannot remember. There is a name for those things. I, yeah, it's the Some name kind of the of guy. Machine. Yeah. yeah. But you this know what I'm talking name, about. That machine. I would make yeah. though I would make tons of really? things like that under here and blocks would fall on a lever and then it would like shoot a rock at my sister or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing all sorts of stuff like that, hammering nails into things and And did you when was that pretty like independent? work for you or was it like okay you weren't like kind of like hey mom i want to do this thing will you help me no it was just like i found this area under here that i can build weird things in and And did (laughs) did you feel like i mean these questions are like 
it doesn't need to be like a binary, but was it the kind of thing where your, your parents would like come and check on you and be like, what are you working on? Like, were they aware that you had like a project or were you just kind of like, like, um, w- like you would tell them about it when you were done? No, they weren't really, I don't really remember them coming out. I mean, they, I think they probably looked at it when I wasn't there and were like, what the what hell's he going doing? on here? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but they have- were always encouraging, like, all right, let them do That's his great. weird stuff. So I know these, these things are like so hard to remember, but I'm so fascinated with like, you know, how was your early, like, how was your identity forming as a kid? So maybe yeah. like, you know, one other th- thing to kind of ask is like, did, how did you feel about doing those things? Like, were you kind of just like, I'm just bored and this is, I'm curious and this is what I'm doing. Or did you feel like, um, like this is really like, I'm, did you feel like you were like smart? Like, I how did. did you I did. Feel I felt like, it? I felt like I was doing something. Cause so I loved the Ninja Turtles yeah. when I was a kid. And my favorite Ninja Turtle was Donatello, the purple one yeah. who was always building things. He was like yeah. the inventor, you know? And my grandpa too, actually, now that I think about it, one of my favorite things growing up, my grandpa had a garage. He was an inventor. He yeah. invented all sorts of things. The electric bike, before there was electric bikes, he cool. had one. Like, yeah, put a little motor on his bike. Yeah, yeah. and cool. so my favorite thing was just to go into his garage and play with the toys and tinker around. So that's yeah. probably where I got it. That's now. awesome. Yeah. I, I love, I love like these anecdotes. I think it's like so rich. Like, I know I talk, I talk about this on the podcast all the time, but you know, when we talk to adult creatives, it's just easy to imagine a certain kind of backstory. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, depending on the person, you'd imagine a different type of backstory. And I find that there's like, there's so much joy for me in like gathering these like little, like putting together these little pieces of like where these influences came from. Um, You know, and one thing that I think, I don't know, I'm always like so obsessed with knowing about people's childhoods and I assume that most of that is because, like, my childhood was traumatic. So, like, I don't know. I just, like, I want to, like, figure things out. (laughs) Right, right. Or just, like, I don't know. I like it. I just, I I like, I'm interested in, like, the inner mind of a child, I think. No, I'm with you. That's one thing I I really found fascinating about your podcast is I listen to a ton of podcasts. Like, I'm a a junkie for podcasts. And I listen to a ton of music podcasts but i like yours because it's just it's just artists yeah it's like you have woodworkers and dancers and like bakers and i'm like wow these but it's all like the same kind of thing like there's something that's like there was some story when they were a kid that tick just clicked it off for them it's so incredible i love it so much and i think like for me it's just like it's a study of humans and they just happen to be artful humans but I like the longer that I do this podcast, the more that I just believe that like everyone is really interesting. <laughs> well, I, I agree. Humans are super fascinating. They're one of my favorite subjects. Yeah. yeah. And I think maybe the only the only thing that's that sometimes is tricky is sometimes people are have a really hard time communicating yeah. the things about themselves that are interesting. Uh, but I still think like I think people are interesting. Maybe they just aren't like. They haven't thought about it. Nobody you know? thinks they are. Yeah. But we all are like special in our own way. Totally. You know, everybody, it's fun to just sit like this and just yeah, talk just with talk. anybody. Everybody's got stories. Totally. Like, well, I don't know. I, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but, um, you know, I started this podcast right as I was like leaving teaching at BYU and mm-hmm. it was like a, just a shitty time. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought like I had lost a lot of like faith in people and it's something that like, 
it's it's always felt to me like a core part of my personality that I just like really like people. Yeah. And at that time in my life, I feel like I was really having like a lot of distrust okay. of people because it just it just was hard. It was hard teaching at BYU. Sh- sure. <laughs> there was yeah. like a target on There's me a, lot a lot. There's a lot of reasons yeah. I can imagine yeah. why. Like, I, I had a, I had a hard time with it. Yeah. Um, and I and I you know part of the reason I started this podcast was to kind of like rebuild my own personal like faith in people all right <laughs> like, i like that I, like, yeah. I have such a love-hate relationship with people like yeah i look at things and i'm just like why we're just so awful we're destroying the world and you yeah. know well Brene brown says something i really like which is that people are hard to hate up close yes and i think that's really true i agree george carlin has another one of my favorites yeah. he said i i uh people as a whole are terrible but you get down to a person and yeah. they're magical, you it know. Really, and it just—I don't know. It feels like it feels like a tiny, like a tiny little defiance to be like, I will have conversations with people that I don't know. Yeah, and, and then leave feeling like we're family. Well, I I like the conversations, styles, and everything that you have too, because I'm super fascinated with like creativity and like, yeah. Why do I don't why know do why I yeah, have to I do this stuff? I don't know why. Totally. But, and I look at my childhood all the time and think, oh, I can see why I got into that but why do i how my why 30 years later do i still feel the need to do this and I know, it's nobody so else is listening or watching or anything and right. I, I still have to do it it's yeah totally strange well one thing i was thinking about earlier is like I, th- I think i've kind of realized recently that i'm i'm interested in like the values of children like mm. how like as a tiny tiny person you're developing your own value your value system yeah that's interesting. and i think some kids maybe don't really differentiate from their parents until they're a bit older but i think i think a lot of creatives do start to kind of have their own like individual values as little kids yeah i think you maybe kind of have to in order to be creating things because you've got to make decisions about like what do I want this to do? Yeah. You know, and they're start being like little, little values, which is why I like to ask like, you know, what did making these machines like mean? Okay. Okay. I see where you're going with that. So that's interesting that it's like, um, you know, you, you admire your grandpa and like he's making stuff and you're like, I'm, I'm can be this, I can be this kind of person too. Yeah. It's probably like a little clue that like that kind of like productivity was like, in your like little value system. I know, now or we're something. breaking it down. I'm thinking real deeply about my childhood. <laughs> I, <now>. lo- <laughs> I love it. I can't I can't stop. So um so besides making the machines, um what other kinds of stuff were you like tinkering with? Like I know you do visual art and music now mm-hmm. and you write too. Yeah. Like I mean whether or not it's if you do stand up you're writing. I so. well okay. yeah, I I write a lot. Okay. I've been I've kept like a journal for years. Cool. All through my 20s and then for the last 6 or 7 years I write in that regularly and cool. I will sometimes pull stories from that. Like I do this kind of like it's like a self-reflection thing where every week I write in my journal and I go back and read uh the that entry, entry for pre yeah. each previous year. Oh. And see where I was at a year ago, two wow. years ago, three years ago. That's and amazing. Of, yeah, and kind of like, see. Every I hope week I've you done do this. Better. Yeah, every week. That's a really beautiful practice. It, I, it's really helped me because I'm like, okay, I'm being a piece of shit compared to how I was last year. Right now, I need to make wow. some changes. Or yeah. all right, I'm in a way better place right now. That's good. Wow. I need to keep going forward. Or when did you start doing that? About six years ago. And is that six. like, did you get that idea from someone? You know, I I. 
I don't know. I think that was right after I got divorced and I went through a whole, I started meditating and, you know, how can I be a better person and take this experience and and become a better person? And I got into just writing a journal and I kept one in my twenties for like four years just because I don't know why I don't, it's just one of those things. I don't, I don't know why I need to write something down here. Like, yeah, you just feel like compelled to do it. Yeah. And then after like two years of this last bout of it, I think I heard, it might have been Penn Jillette, I okay. think, the magician, talking yeah. about how he does that. And I thought, oh, that's a great idea. And I've yeah. been doing this long enough already. I can do that. And I started. That's so. I just that's kept doing really, it. That's, that's a great, like, um, perspective-keeping practice. It really is. Yeah, and cool. And especially looking at it creatively, too, because I can go back and pull stories and be like, oh, I was just. I wasn't in the headspace to like see the story there or right. to see the joke there. Yeah. But now it's far enough away that I can look at it and almost look at it from like a third perspective. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, and then if you're looking at you, do you just look at the the one past year, like one or no? Did you say you it look depends like, on how deep I want to go. Like yeah. I just it's different every then time. It's but. almost like there's like it's like a like a meeting of like three of you. Or well, that's the thing is because we're we change as people like so fast i'm not the same person that i was like two weeks ago in a lot of ways you know and looking at things that differently years ago like it's a totally different lifetime yeah you know that's cool that's cool it's really interesting um so which so which of these mediums that you kind of dabble in now started in your childhood uh are i've been drawing forever And tell me about like how, what, like what that meant to you as a kid. Like, what were you, was it just a, was it fun? Was it like a play or was it like, I'm, I really want to make something like, I really want to bring, you know, an idea onto this Mm. canvas or. I don't know where that actually came from. And I don't really have any like deep thought of like, oh, I need to do this. I, I just, I remember my whole life, even up to now, never feeling like I was good enough. Like I could never get the drawings to come out the way they, that I visioned them. I think that's even more like that's, that's an answer of like, you had an intention for the drawing and you were trying to, yeah. And I just versus kind of like, it's a, it's exploratory, you know, like, right. Right. You maybe had like to be this way and I'm trying and trying and trying and trying. (laughs) Did you do like multiple drafts of the same? Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like even like those little tidbits, like I think when we do them, we take it for granted. And I, I know I've found like, you know, since I've been doing this podcast, like I've learned to ask questions a little differently because when I started, I assumed I like assumed more things. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people like have even starting from when you're little, like have such different kind of like, you know, methods as it were, like yeah. I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to start m- putting marks or typing words or, you know, playing notes or whatever. Right. And then some people kind of sit down maybe with an intention and not that it's like, you know, has to be one or the other, but well, it's super, that's super fascinating to me. I just find that fascinating of why, why do we do that? I know. <laughs> well, I think like, I mean, all I know is like my own mind, you know, and, and retrospect is also real finicky, but yeah. I am sure that when I was a little kid, like a pretty small kid, I used to draw a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that I knew what I wanted to draw and I wanted to get it right. And like I was trying to like, I was really trying to get like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I, I mean, I think I kind of always (laughs) did, but that, that, but that's, that's my like. 
that's what I was asking, like, if you were doing drafts, you know? Yeah. Because I would just keep... I would just keep doing it. Yeah. Like you'd I have, see like I pages and themes. pages of the same like, like dragon. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, and exactly. I'm like, right. it's it's leg is weird. What are they, and then there's I'm a figuring ter- it out. There's a term for that too. A study. You know, yeah. you do like a, a hand study or an right. eye study. I've drawn a million eyes and never been happy with any of them. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think my standards probably weren't like that high, but I would meet my standard, which yeah. was basically just like get the limbs looking proportional well see i kind of gave up on that and then i moved into like abstract art i'm like oh i can just like make splashy splishy colors here and and everybody thinks i'm great a color thing (laughs) that's cool and i just that just becomes a like blending of colors like i got really into abstract art last year when i i got a uh pastel oil pastel set and you can blend the colors you can use your thumb to like blend them. yeah that's that's fun so i'm not like you kind know. of playing with medium. I never yeah. really got into that, which is another reason why I like to talk about, um, you know, like the creative environment. Cause I, I think for me, like I was almost exclusively drawing with a pencil and mm-hmm. that was because we didn't have craft supplies. Same here. I had yeah. colored pencils <clears throat> yeah. growing up. That was all I drew with until like two or three years ago when I yeah. finally bought some paint. <laughs> yeah. And w- for kids that have paint in the house and have a, a parent that knows how to use paint, you know, maybe your relationship with, paint is just gonna be different yeah oil paint was ex- oil paints expensive it's expensive that's why i never and it's ever messy it like i was a kid yeah. i've had a lot of i've had a lot of guests who like are are visual artists who have kids mm-hmm. and like trying to think about how to foster those things in their kids but also like not ruin their homes destroy the house yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> right. it's like those right. are things to grapple with right um and then did you take music lessons at all as a kid i did when i was well, my dad gave me some lessons here and there, but it's hard. I think He's it's hard a for a parent. He's a guitar player? He's a piano Pianist? player. Yeah. Okay, okay. I think it's hard for parents to teach kids. Impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't take, it didn't take. And then I started taking lessons when I was eight from an old lady. A lady down the in street, the neighborhood. You know? Yeah. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> yeah. And, and. I got pretty good. I took lessons for, and I won like a trophy and something. Cool. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I got started to be able to read music but then i started taking lessons with my sister from a different lady and my sister did not want to keep going so Uh, we would pretend to go to lessons and then sneak off to the school and yeah it was like months of that (laughs) oh no and my mom was like why am i paying for this teacher not tell i think she was just getting paid and was just like i I don't know the details because i was like nine you know i was like well and now looking back i'm like well this sucks and i give my sister shit for it all the time yeah and like i I wanted to go to piano yeah were you um were you like earnest about piano lessons no it was well i wanted to learn uh i think it's called heart and soul the song from big of course yeah yeah and i was you know i was like that age when that movie came out and i was like i need to learn that song and then i wanted to learn the peanuts yeah i was like these are the two songs i must know songs yeah Yeah. and so once i learned those then it was just kind of like okay now i've done what i came here to do yeah were you um were you consuming music in like a like what was your early relationship with music just in terms of listening well, there was my all everybody. My my mom and dad listened to my everything with piano from the sixties and seventies. Steely cool. Dan, okay. The Doors was huge. Cool. You know, uh, I listened to tons of Doors growing up. And how did Billy Joel. how did your dad especially like talk about it? Like, 
did he talk about it like, hey, Landon, listen to this. This is really good. Like, not really. It was just, it was just there. On. Yeah, and, it was and just you could there. tell that he valued it. Right. And okay, then cool. my older sister was super into the butt rock, the 80s glam metal stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then my middle sister, who was five years older than me, she got really into the the 90s stuff when it came out. And her yeah. her boyfriend, her high school boyfriend, actually ended up being my guitar teacher. Oh, awesome. So Yeah, it, as we yeah. go on, it gets yeah. way more mixed and cool. they're still married it. and That's great. have these amazing children yeah. that are just these incredible musical prodigies. Oh my gosh, prodigies. I love that. Your guitar yeah, teacher is your brother-in-law now. Yeah, That's so right. cool. But they uh, were into like Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and then they cool. introduced that to me and then that became my stuff. I remember seeing the video for Alive, Pearl Jam's yeah. Alive and that was I was like, oh my god, that's, that's, so that's what I want to do. Amazing, like the extent to which you know something like an older sibling or even like a best friend's older sibling right having like good music taste right just <laughs> like, someone's because some things you don't find you would never especially you don't seek back out then. someone like, has to show you that you yeah. know like i mean my musical exposure was so dramatically limited mm. as a child like my parents were into a lot of 80s rock um, so I know a lot of 80s rock, but that's not a lot of music, that's not, ultimately. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> my parents were listening, because my parents graduated from high school in 82 and 84, okay. respectively. Now, They're what young. section of 80s rock? Because there's, I mean, there's the skinny tie stuff. Like, there's like big Journey, stuff. Okay. Sticks. Arena rock, like. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes. Um, so I got all that through my dad, too. He's, yeah, so specifically like that kind of stuff. And then they also really liked... My my dad really liked like Earth Wind and Fire. Oh nice. There Love was them. Thriller was in the house. Great album. And like Best of Madonna. Like oh, those great. are I that's mean great. that's all right? great stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But but not that broad. Sure. So there was that and then there was like musical theater. Okay. And that's it. Yeah. Like that's huh. All there was. Right. So. And you, were you raised LDS? Yes. Because you're from Salt Lake too, right? I grew up in Arizona. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm from Mesa. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, so there was, there was rock and like some 80s pop mm-hmm. and like Broadway. Okay. And so, you know, when I was even just in high school, like the first time I like really knew that jazz was like a genre and yeah. it wasn't just like in the movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Like it was like and it's something that's a whole that, huge yeah, world. Like, like something like I didn't I don't think I realized that jazz was something that still happened. Well, like, how did that come to you, though? Like, did somebody bring that? Because like I was yeah. saying, like, that's not something people like go seek. Totally. Out, well, the thing that know? happened is like I was in choir. I was really serious about choir in high school. And uh, the like elite choir in my high school was a jazz choir. OK. And so I wanted to audition for it. And I was like, well, I should probably like know a few things. <laughs> and so I drove myself to Barnes and Noble and just like bought random. Like, oh, I love that. I, I've told awesome. this story a few times. It's so, it's so the coincidence of it like explodes my brain. But I, I drove to Barnes and Noble and I went to the jazz section and I didn't ask anybody for help. Not that anyone would have known at right. the Barnes and Noble, <laughs> but like the CDs that I came home with that day, I bought like five CDs. Okay. I came home with kind of blue. 
a Love That's Supreme. Oh, oh <laughs> like God, yes. Um, a John Schofield record, Uber Ooh, Jam. Oh, I love yeah. that. I <laughs> like, love Schofield so much. I got a Quincy Jones oh, big band record. Nice. And then like the best of Ella Fitzgerald. You got everything you need I right know. there with those five. Holy and, like, crap. Because I didn't know anything. Because I didn't know anything. Yeah. Like, so I have this like modal, like I have this, I have kind of blue. Right. It's like this oh. modal, like lots of solos, a love supreme, which is like heading oh. a little into avant-garde. Sure. But because I didn't know, I, I didn't know to think of them, like which things are on the jazz. main trunk and which things are. Sure. Yeah. Right, and right. I, yes, exactly it's that. Jazz, right. So I had no reason to like think of like the Quincy Jones big band record as being like more jazz or less jazz than the John Schofield record. Gotcha. And then, I love like, that. I love that. Isn't that just a weird coincidence? And like, I didn't know anyone who listened to jazz. Right. I had no one to ask. But yeah, in retrospect, it's like, I'm really lucky that those were like in the display case. Yeah. You got classics. You got something a little bit new with the Uber jam. Yeah. And that's just and a I little out, that's out there. I don't know why I would have like, picked that because like, I mean, I'm sure like John Coltrane and Miles Davis, I was like, I know those names. And I was like, I've right. heard of Quincy Jones. And right, right. I've heard of Ella Fitzgerald. But like, I don't know. I probably just like, Liked the title or, or something, a cool cover or, or something a cool like cover. That, right. I don't know, man. It was a weird thing, but yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible the way that like those little things can like. I mean, I I had that, so I was sixteen when mm -hmm. that happened, All right. and I have a master's degree in jazz yeah, studies. Yeah, those are good formative years for music. I mean, like, that's an insane. That's an were insane those, those thing. Were CDs? That like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just getting an idea of the time frame of Yeah, it was two thousand five. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe two thousand four. But yeah. Um So I, I always feel like somewhere along the lines everybody has like their first handful of CDs or yeah. first handful of tapes that were like really that you listen yeah, to until they died. Set that doesn't happen set anymore. Well I know, and that I, it's so weird nowadays to not have I, my physical students, things, like you know. I think many of my teenage students have never listened to an album all the way through. Which makes me sad because I love devastating. the album. Yeah, it's really sad. There's a few artists these days that I'm like, oh, thank you for an album. Yeah. With like yeah. songs that are all cohesive and like, yeah. you know, a, a concept is amazing. I know. <laughs> so I'm know. so in, I'm so into progressive rock these days because you get a good concept. You get you get albums in that totally, genre still. Totally. So. I think the album is gonna make a comeback. Maybe. I could be wrong about it, but there's I think, been a, the vinyl surge. I think so. artists are sick of are sick of not doing it. You might be right. You know, like depending on the genre, maybe. John Mayer, for instance, is releasing a new album next month. Yeah. And I found his approach really interesting because his last album, he released it in four sets of three. Cool. So you got three songs well, a week that's later. What I'm doing with three my songs. new album. I think that's brilliant because I didn't even people know don't that, but sit and listen to an album yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. They might listen to two or three songs cool. and they're ready for something else. Yeah. So release three songs every week and then after cool. a month your album's out, you know. But now he's I think that I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, like, that's just I guess amazing. I'm not exactly doing that. Well, you're but still, I do you're have still like brilliant. A, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> well, now do, his my, next one's an album. So I'm like, yeah. oh, he's going back for the full album. I think people are going to start doing it. Maybe outside of like Top 40 Pop. I, I yeah. just think artists are sick of, they're sick of not doing it. Well, that's the thing too. I know like there's a couple other, I, I'm really into this funk guitar player named Corey Wong. Uh, yeah, I'm aware of Corey Wong. He's, he's amazing. He has a great podcast. How could too, I not be really? Yeah, it's called Wong Notes. It's great. Okay, um, that's clever. Yeah, uh, that's a jazz pun. Right. 
But he was talking about how he released, and now he releases his album through a dis- separate distributor. Cool. And it's I, I just the way the way that it's happening now is they're starting to get away from the streaming stuff. Yeah. And yeah. that means albums. Yeah. You go directly to them. Or Jordan Rudis is a great keyboard player in Dream yeah. Theater. He released his last oh. album just completely on Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't do anything but Bandcamp. So yeah, I think that there's, like, a, there's like an artist uprising. Like, yeah. I feel I, it. Ha- I mean, I'm Patreon, in like... Patreon, yeah. all that stuff. Right. right. I'm in a bunch of like independent artist, like Facebook groups, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. kind of brainstorming. Uh, what do you call it? Like a co- little collective. Sure. How do um, we do this? Yeah. We help each other out. Right? Yeah. How, or like you know, when can we vent? Can uh, we? Can uh, I vent gotcha. about my this thing? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it seems like a lot of independent artists are just like, I this it's 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 like soul sucking, and I just need to like make a, a project. That, yeah. That feels. I, I think the last year really kind of brought that a lot of, out yeah. a lot too, because people had so much time. They're like, yeah. well, I'm gonna finally start this podcast or right. write this book or, you know, whatever or build it is. an entire songwriting course, which is the yeah, thing I did. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You did. I'm like, oh, she did all that. Holy crap. Like, and then, pro- and, and then I'm feeling down. I'm like, and everybody's down for weeks. I haven't heard anything from anybody. And Emily's like, well, I'm kicking ass. Like, look at all this. I'm like, God, you, you know, are kicking ass. I, like, thank <laughs> you. But I always give, I always, I, this is what I tell my younger sister who also sometimes feels like I'm, setting a standard that's not fair for oh, her. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. I always tell her like, it's my coping mechanism. Like I have to stay busy or I will get so depressed. Yeah. So it's not like a Well that's what it's become yeah. for me yeah. these days. It's like, all right, I got I have depression, yeah. I have anxiety, like but all that goes away if I'm on the stage. Yeah. Or I'm if, the, I'm if I'm like working on a project, I'm so excited yeah. about it and it yeah. keeps me it's like manufactured joy, you know, like, like I can, I can like summon my own joy right. if I'm like making a project. But if I was, if I was like, if my motivation was like, I have all this time and I'm going to get all this stuff done. Like it wouldn't happen. Yeah, so well. it's just like, it's an honest to goodness. Like this is the path of least resistance for me, Yeah, which is just like, I like to just follow I the idea. Yeah. If I get an idea, I'm like, I'm going to just follow that and see where it goes. Totally. And then that just branches off into more things. And then I'm like, deep and then if you're like me, sometimes I was, yes, I was just yeah. going to say like, sometimes I follow the idea and then about two thirds of the way through it, I'm like, I am tired of this idea. Yeah. But then it's like, I'm, com- I'm committed now. I got to finish it. For but sure. That's, yeah, that's why I've, I've dabbled in so many things. It's like, yeah. Oh, I get so many different ideas and I have to follow them. But, but then you get a little bit like, well, I was one of my favorite conversations on, on this podcast was with my friend, Kristen Bromley, who's a, great guitar player and Mm -hmm. um she was talking about we she's a lot like me in this way and she put it in a way that i was like oh my gosh you're totally right about this she said like the beginning of a project is exciting but scary yeah the end of a project is exhausting you don't really care about it anymore (laughs) um and then the middle of a project is like the worst yes and she was saying like i always need to be working on like several different projects. So I'm at the beginning of one, the middle mm-hmm. of another and the end of another. I like that. And that's the only way that I'll keep like my motivation. Cause like, like stag, like thinking of it kind of like at any given time, I probably have at least three projects that are in different stages. Yeah. No, I like that. When she said that, I was like, I do the oh same gosh. thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I never thought thing. about it, but yeah. yeah. No, she's absolutely right. I do that same thing. It's like. You need the energy of the beginning yeah. and the like, 
hell yeah, this is going to be finished finally of the end. Right. <laughs> and that to get you through, <laughs> get you through the, the middle of middle. the other one. Right, yeah. right. No, she's absolutely to, right. She's yeah. absolutely right. And then when you finish one. one, you kind of like look back at that middle of the last one and you're like, all right, it's time to... Let's move this forward. You know, yeah, you can use that as motivation. Like, right. oh, yeah, it's great when you're done. And there is nothing like finishing something right. finally and like releasing it and just having yeah. that, you know, having it done. It's Hardcore. Great. Amen. Yeah. So, um, will you tell me about like, you know, your kind of like teen, like maybe late childhood and early teens and mm-hmm. maybe how your creative mediums may, maybe how you got like more, um, serious or intentional about how you were thinking about or working on them. Okay. Well, I think teens is when it changed. Okay. Seeing that uh, seeing that Pearl Jam video, Pearl Jam's first album was like, okay, I need to know how to make those sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I need a guitar now, and I right need now, to know how today. to do it. And so yeah. uh, my brother, well, he wasn't my brother at the time. My sister's boyfriend played guitar, and he was really good. He was really into classical music. And he, for my 14th birthday, I mean, he let me borrow a guitar for a year or two, but I'd never, it didn't pick up until then. Okay. And then I. That's so sweet. He let you borrow a guitar. Yeah. And I just tuned it all weird. And and because I couldn't, I didn't have the ear to even keep it in tune, you know? And so I just, it didn't stick. Yeah. Um, But then when, for some reason it just clicked. I don't know why for, for something, something about that album just stuck. For me and I had to learn all those notes and and sorry were you taking lessons from him at this point or was it just more like on that my 14th birthday I saved up all my money and I bought a classical guitar oh, wow. from him wow and started taking lessons every you bought week. your own guitar that's amazing yeah from and and it stuck that was just and wow. I and I just I became obsessed with it and this is maybe like a weird question but like do you, do you remember like what it was like did did it feel like like kinesthetically intuitive did it feel like you were focusing on your your aural experience and just trying to kind of like connect the dots or like what did it what did it feel like like to kind of when you when you're saying like it it clicked like what do you mean i i don't know it was just kind of like i could i it was more just like i could imagine myself doing that sure i could imagine myself sitting down at this instrument and like playing something yeah even on my own like i could see myself doing it like on a stage in front of people and being a big rock star but i could also be like i could just see myself sitting in a room like now sitting in my dark room you know yeah it just felt like this is a thing that i yeah will do right this is like a part of whatever i am yeah like it just felt right like theories about like what is up with that well i don't know i know i mean i don't know i i i think the why i have no idea why we do all of this stuff like you know i heard a great saying i think it was a tweet or something somewhere online a guy was talking about birds and why they sing in the morning yeah and and of course the evolutionary reason is they want they want to mate yeah but it's also to like let other birds know, hey, I'm still I here. I made it through the night. Yeah, right. I've heard this we're, before. We're alive. Yeah. We're still here. I'm still yeah. here. And so they, he's like, and a lot. I think a lot of us make music and make sounds and art just to kind of say, look, I'm I'm here. Yeah. I, I see what yeah. I did. So, I mean, I, that's one thing I I just find super fascinating is I don't know why we do it. Yeah. And another thing I think is fascinating too is where does it come from? I know. Like, sometimes you just sit down and and a song just comes out. I know. And it's, it's easy. And then other, I've got other riffs I've been working on for years 
that yeah. I'm like, this is great, but it's not there. There's Can't something not there. Figure it out, yeah. And then I'll sit down and something different will come. And I just no. I find all of that fascinating and like totally mysterious. It to is me. mysterious and it's really magical. Like, yeah, it's you know, this like artifice thing I think is like it's always twofold. It's like there's 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 an unknown for like people who don't participate in creative mediums. Mm-hmm. There's an, there's a great unknown in like how truly mysterious it really, really right. is. Like you could never convince someone of like how mysterious it is. And also how totally tedious it is. Right. And like, it stretches across all the artistic mediums. Yeah. Like yes. I, I've heard comedians talk about how the joke is there in the ether. Like a big event happens Right. There's jokes that are there, right? That, and and either you've got the tools to reach into the ether or whatever yeah, and pull out the out. common yeah. joke. The same thing goes for music. Like, yeah. like I heard an interview with Chris Cornell from Soundgarden once talking about how Black Hole Sun just came to him while yeah. he was driving in the car. Music, lyrics, all of it yeah. just just Have you came read to him. Liz Gilbert's book, Big Magic. No, I haven't. It's like all about this. Really? Yeah, it's like kind of this idea that like you know ideas are like kind of there sort of entities. Yeah. Right. Right. And like, they'll knock on the door of like this artist or that artist. Like, do you want right. me? Do you want, well, me, me and my friend talk about that all the time. Do you have, first of all, do you have the tools to pull that out? Yeah. The musical tools, but then are your is your radio in tune? Yeah. Or like, yeah. Are you, you know? are you, are you, um, or like, I mean, she talks about a story of like the radio being in tune and like having an idea and then just kind of not, committing to it like kind of starting it kind of forgetting about it Mm -hmm. and then like another one of her colleagues a writer like wrote like the same book like oh yeah see i think that kind of stuff happens all the time details that are like staggering right (laughs) like that idea went to the next person right exactly that idea was like you don't want it liz gilbert okay bye you know was it there (laughs) and she just didn't it's crazy she just didn't grab it in time or crazy stuff that's an interesting thought that i think well she had like a man she had like a like she had written things like she could prove that she was thinking about it right (laughs) and then just kind of like forgot it right and then like this other woman like wrote the same story and like i think the second authors and patchett and liz gilbert like goes to talk to Ann Patchett at like a writer's conference and is like, dude, that's my story. Get this man. man. <laughs> like, how crazy is this? Yeah. And, there, and it was like obscure in a, like the story is obscure in a way that you're just like, that's something, man. Like yeah. that's, I mean, that's a hell of a coincidence well, if not yeah. magic. And that's, that sounds like an interesting book. I, I find that super. I bet you would like fascinating. it. From yeah. what I know about you, I bet you would like it. Yeah. It sounds right up my alley. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's yeah, it's big magic and it's just like, it's just like, you know, for creatives. Yeah. Where does it come from? Kind of motivation-y, uh, but it's it's motivating in like a a magical kind yeah. of a way. Big yeah. magic. Yeah, it's big magic. <laughs> um, okay, then in your teen years, oh, yeah. you were get you were so you were ser- you were starting to get serious about guitar. Yes. Were you, were you were serious about guitar? Is that? Right. Um, were you thinking like I might pursue this as a profession? Yeah. Well, I started doing classical lessons, okay. and that was like. That was pretty disciplined stuff. Yeah. Because I, I had heard, you know, I heard you should start on an, ele- an, on an acoustic. You should start doing finger, you know, I heard all the proper ways right. to start. And so I followed that, which now I don't believe any of that's 
true yeah. and correct. You should just follow whatever you want to do. Yeah. yeah. When I was selling guitars, that's what I would do. But, yeah. But so I did it all the proper way. And then a year later, I got an electric. Okay. And that was when I started writing songs with friends and joined bands and okay, cool. got into and all sorry, of that sorry, you were like, so how old? Like 14. Okay, 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 14, a bit younger. 13, 14. Cool. And then at this, at that kind of time, were you also still, were you writing? Like how was writing a part of your creativity, if at all? And then what was visual art? What was happening with visual art? Uh, writing didn't come till later okay that didn't come i didn't get really into like writing stories or anything like, or jokes were you until telling like stories 20s. were you like interested in words or were you i was reading? writing lyrics okay i mean I, I guess i guess i was writing lots of lyrics i wrote okay. tons and tons of lyrics so you started writing songs like right from the beginning yeah like as soon as i started new learning i remember my first song was a d and a c like the first two chords i learned and <laughs> and how and how did how do you remember that feeling like like in terms of how does it sit like in your kind of identity or like in your own sense of like, like what did it mean to you? That became a thing. Well, I, my best friend growing up, uh, Nick G. Nick G. Nick G. He was an, like, it was always me and Nick G from, from then on. Like One I got of those the, friends. Yeah. I yeah. got the guitar and we started writing and, and he, cool. a year later he got a bass Okay, cool. And all of our bands, until I moved to to Idaho, it was me and Nick G yeah. doing something. Funk okay. bands or rock bands or whatever it was. Okay. But he and I started writing songs immediately. So it became something like we could do together. And it was a creative thing. And we would do, we would record. We were basically doing podcasts back then. Like we cool. would get the tape That's player awesome. and play our dumb songs and then make jokes and make a commercials. and you know, Yeah. <laughs> just Did you feel like, like... Did you did you feel back then like entitled to it? Like, did you feel like, of course we're doing this? Like, we're we can totally do this, or was there was any sense there. of like? It was just like, well, what was, are, what are we gonna do today? Okay, <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't like, like, were you into it? Like your own stuff? Like, were you like, this is really cool, or were you like? We don't know what we're doing, yeah, but we, we really like it. We were in. We were totally. We were into in, it. Yeah, yeah, we were going around and playing it for people. Cool. Like, <laughs> and it felt like. Yeah, you. I think what I'm wondering is whether there was any like, were you grappling with any like fear or insecurity around that stuff at that time? No, I don't think so. I think we were cool. we were pretty much pure. like, yeah, like this is this that's is awesome. It, that's how it should be. Yeah, this yeah. is awesome. We're gonna keep doing it. We, we nobody told us we weren't doing it right or whatever, yeah. you know. So that's it, really good. Yeah, I I have a whole thing about that too. Like I think. Tell me what you think. I think that everybody has something like you go into a kindergarten classroom and who can dance? Everybody yeah. raises their hands. Who can draw me a picture of a purple unicorn having a barbecue with a narwhal? <laughs> everybody can. Yeah. Somewhere along the lines, someone tells them they can't sing yeah. or they can't dance or they're not doing it right or whatever. And we lose that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I think everybody has that desire or yeah, that want or, or the, you know, well, I think about this so often. I think no one has, should have any business ever telling a child and maybe even telling an adult, but mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe there's some caveats they there, can't but do something that they, that they're not, that, yeah, that they shouldn't, that it's not worth their time. Like right. that they can't do it. I think people are going to figure out what they can and can't do. Yes. I mean, Maybe the only exception is like if you are a college professor 
you have an ethical obligation to be like, you are going to have a really hard time earning a living if you don't figure out these things. That's fair. Like I, and I, and I am in that situation, you know, I, and as I teach, I teach, you know, singers in college commercial music programs. And I still would never tell my students like, this is the wrong major for you, but I will tell them like, you need to get your shit together. Like you need a reality check. Yeah, you're gonna have you're a hard time. You're not gonna make money unless you like broaden your skill set. Right. You that's like, got to be a hard thing to tell somebody. It's too. really hard. And I I've t- I was actually talking about this with one of my colleagues recently. That like, you know, if you have a teacher that says that kind of thing to you, it mm. means they really care about you yeah. because it's not an easy <laughs> thing to do. Right. It's not an easy thing to say. Um, but yeah, for a child, like, you know, I I think like, you know, little kids will say like. I want to be an astronaut. Right. No one tells little kids, like, that's not really practical. Right. Even though, like, it's not. It's <laughs> like, not. You're not going to be an astronaut. There are not very many astronauts. Right. <laughs> or, you know, if, if a little kid. You're not going to be president. Right. Or if a little kid says they want to be, like, a baseball player, no one tells. They right. just, they peop, adults just assume, like, that child is going to figure it out. Like, they're going to figure out that they can't. Well, yeah, because you, you can't be like, no, I'm sorry, you're just going to be an ordinary person. You're you probably might, going to be an insurance agent. Bank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's so weird to me that like it's so fucked up that people don't they don't say that kind of thing to kids about those things. Right. But if a kid's like, I want to be a rock star, people will be like, that's not like and I don't. I don't even think it's like a parents' kids thing. I think it's like a how we think about the arts well, see, <laughs> in like I our agree. whole culture. Yeah, which I is agree. why that's why I think it's fucked up. But it and it is hard. But I mean that as it, supportive as my family was with that thing, when I wanted to do it in a professional way, when I, I started taking lessons yeah. from a different teacher besides my brother-in-law and my teenagers, like I went to yeah. a guy, the guy in town is like, and I was like teach me to be a studio guitarist. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay. And I, and I told my mom, I was like, I want to be a guitar player. Yeah. And she was still like, yeah, yeah you, you not... need to get a real job. Like, totally. You know, well, you know, I think it's like, it's almost like a deeper clue. Like, because I think there's a difference in the conversation that you're having with your child who's like maybe getting ready to go to college and like a conversation that you're having with like your eight-year-old. Yeah. But like, I think people... It's almost like there's a shame around your kid even saying they want to. Like, yeah. if your kid says they want to be a basketball player, it's not embarrassing. Right. And if your yeah, kid's my like, kid likes to smoke I want to be a play guitar painter. All day, like. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I mean. It's like our entire culture like thinks about artists as like screw ups. Yes. Which is so. Well, that's the part that I'm just like, aren't we think though? about what kind of like, I mean, we're the, the tortured yeah. artist cliche and stereotype is a thing mm. because it's a thing, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. But yeah, but also like, it's so weird the way that our culture also like worships artists. I know. But that's then it's very like, weird. it's the whole thing is so bizarre to me. Right. Like, and, and that's another reason why I like talking to like middle class artists mm-hmm. you know like just people who are like they're gonna do it no matter what the people who are just making art like yeah. they're just making art and they're not they're not on either end of this crazy spectrum right um to tell the truth that like there is 
a middle there. <laughs> like there's there's a space between like a tortured, starving artist yeah. and like Ariana Grande. Like right. there are things in the middle of that. But I, I think our culture could do like we could do a much better job of respecting artists yeah because there's so many people that are yeah there's a lot of people that are creative yeah that aren't that don't even really like consider themselves artists right yeah or just valuing art like i don't know it's like we 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 idolize very small pieces of it and totally fail to take into account like this is something I was thinking about just recently with one of my students who um, loves Ariana Grande specifically, mm, okay. <laughs> and she cannot be bothered. My student, she cannot be bothered to work on anything other than that. Mm. And um, I was watching the Ariana Grande documentary mm-hmm. a couple when it came out a couple okay. months ago, and there's this one scene where she's like just in the car, like you know, the cameras are in the back seat, and it's kind of it's like a little candid, mm-hmm. and she and her like friend or tour manager, someone who's on the crew were singing. Um, they were singing a piece from like the Broadway show, the little women show. All right. And it's like an obscure piece. It's very Broadway. It's not like pop Broadway. It's like Broadway, Broadway. Right. And just thinking like, listen, Ariana Grande doesn't exist without these things. Yeah. And so why do you think you get to like, skip like, it? You can't skip it. Right. Yes. Yes, it took me way too long to say that. Well, that's that's another interesting thing too is people don't realize the influence of everything that happened. Yeah. Before. Like, I was listening to an interview or reading, I I'm sure I wasn't listening to it, reading an interview with um Steve Perry mm-hmm. and he was talking about how like his vocal influence is like Barbara Streisand. Right. Like he learned how to sing like those high things from like listening to her. And like so many people who love journey and who are so into that would be like Barbara Streisand lame but then it's like no we don't get Steve Perry without Barbara Streisand so like you don't get to throw these other things in the garbage because they're not like cool your thing in the same way yeah that became that's become a big deal for me because I feel like in my teenage years when I started learning guitar I got really like close-minded yeah. If it didn't have a guitar solo in it, I wasn't into it. You know what yeah, I mean? Or yeah. it was a lot of stuff like that. And it wasn't until way later. Actually, it wasn't until I moved up to Boise and started yeah. joining cover bands. I started getting paid to learn songs that yeah. I wouldn't normally learn. And that, like, opened my appreciation for everything. Right. Then you, yes. And there was yeah, no longer, kind of have like, to music. appreciate it from the inside out a lot of the time. Yeah. There was no longer, like, music I didn't like or... Right. You know, right. everything, everything became interesting. Right. It's all just organized sound. Totally. Differently, you know. Yeah, I mean, There's it's, things it's, that grab my ears more than others, a, of course. But It's such a boring premise to not like entire genres. I know. Well, it's so boring. <laughs> I've, I can't be around people like that anymore. Yeah. Like, it, it drives me insane. I know, like, I'm the same <laughs> way. I mean, and I will, like, never say it out loud to someone probably but like i if, totally will call if someone out on it i will do it i just like don't have i don't i don't have the emotional bandwidth to like oh. get into it with that kind of a person usually but usually when i hear people say like blanket statements about what they do and don't like i just kind of just kind of make a little mental note like you're not it's not <laughs> I worth respect the, you the all discussion. the way anymore yeah. it's yeah. not <laughs> worth this discussion well see my i my last relationship towards the end of it like seriously this isn't even a joke like this the one of the last straws 
that broke the camel's back for me was she said that she that every all music that happened before her birthday sucked. Yeah, and then you're and she like, she was born in like nineteen. It's just like a clue. Like it's just like it tells you something yeah. really important about how that how person sees the world. Are. Right, yeah, it's exactly. like a very, it's a very important clue. Like, right. if you can just, if you feel like it's fine for you to just be like, I hate Broadway. Everything like, before do, 1985 do you know? sucks. Yeah, like what? Yes, that's mm-hmm. like almost yeah. everything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's then, crazy. Like, how? What? What is? What is it telling me about your mind that like that's a thing you're fine saying? Right. I feel like pe- <laughs> I feel like that is a uh, reflection of how they are about everything. Yeah. You know, are yeah. you are you open minded to other things in your life, to having different adventures, totally. different perspectives, different religious views or spiritual mm-hmm. views or all of that? Like, I mean, I'm such a broken together. record about this, but I I believe so much that like the practice of creativity and, you know, whether you're whether you're creating or whether you're just like consuming thoughtfully and creatively and mm-hmm. like uh, consuming art with curiosity if you have regular practices in in that, you're you're going to be more open minded about people. You're going to have better yeah. problem solving skills. You're going to have better communication skills. Um, yeah, like having the kind of mind that shuts things off so quickly. Like, of course, you can't get along with anybody, right? <laughs> like, because everybody's different and everybody's got different things. And that's another thing too is like it just becomes about people. Yeah, I think so. Why they're so interesting is yeah. because. They've got an album that means a lot to them right. that you've never heard in your life. Right. You right. know? Yeah. Well, and, I mean, it's part of their story. It's such an important lesson. Like, again, I'm such a broken record about it. <laughs> but, like, you know, the first time I heard, like, a bebop record, um, which, you know, that's one thing I didn't pick up in that Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, just missed the, out on that like, whole section. The fast, <laughs> the really fast stuff. Yeah. Cause yeah, I'm, I'm real. I'm, I was, I've been into post bop from the beginning. Like mm-hmm. I like it, but the, the super, super fast bebop. The first time I heard that, I was just like, I don't understand how anybody could choose to listen to this. This feels chaotic and yeah. noisy and stressful. And I can't make sense of what's going on. Nothing's repeating. Like I, I, that's how I felt at first listen. Right. And then of course, you know, after I, got a degree in jazz studies yeah i knew that i had the tools to, to understand that music is, right I, I had the tools to know how to listen to it and right. where to appreciate i had a rubric right. and the first time that i heard it i didn't even know i didn't have an entry point i didn't know where to begin and i always assume that people are like that too you know of course there are people who are just sociopathic and mm. like there's not gonna be an entry there's point there's no chance right there's no chance most people you know, if you have the right rubric, like if you have the right starting point, you can f- you can find things. Like yeah. You can find common ground. You can find empathy. But I think about that bebop thing all the time. <laughs> like, no, that's interesting because I I went to or, or there's a story about that my dad always tells about my brother-in-law who my, who's who's super into like avant-garde jazz, like, and he listens to stuff and my dad doesn't understand. Like they went to this jazz festival together and they went and saw this. It's basically just noise, you know, controlled noise. And my brother-in-law's bobbing his head and just getting into it. And my dad's looking at him going, what the fuck? I don't understand. Like, what are you hearing? Are we hearing the same thing? And I, and it's, and you just kind of made me understand why is because he's 
got the tools to understand yeah. that. Yeah. He's dove into that world enough that he understands the weird progression yeah. or why that's or interesting. Or even just like, or, yeah, what are they going for? Like another like classic example, which I think I maybe haven't said on this podcast, is like the first time I watched a Bollywood film, I was like, what? I don't get mm. it. I don't understand. This feels so wrong and weird to me. Right, right. And then I took an ethnomusicology class in college um, where we were talking about, you know, just like the cultural... Um, and I, I, you know, I might be saying this wrong, but I think the intention is right. Okay. <laughs> like, right. That's the, what's important. The cultural, <laughs> the cultural value system of like this Indian culture is like, mm. we want all, we want all of it. We want all of the spices. We want all of the color. I like see. this is ingrained in the culture. And so when you're watching a Bollywood film and you feel like you're getting seven genres in one movie, that might feel really like uncomfortable to like a you know a western set of eyes if you don't know that like that's that's the whole point right. <laughs> like it's on purpose that's the context and it's because right. like the cultural context is like yeah we want a little bit of everything and the more the more um like emotional extremes we can get in one movie like the better of an experience it is and then you know going back and watching another movie with that in mind even if it's still not the kind of thing that I would maybe pick. Mm -hmm. I know that like this, these choices are purposeful. I know that they like, I just, I can kind of know like this isn't, this wasn't made for me, right? but the people who it was made for, like it's done very well. They're going to love it. Right. Yeah. Which is, that's even like a bit removed. Like I don't even necessarily have to like enjoy it period, but I can enjoy the fact that like, it was really well crafted. Right. You can appreciate it for what it is. Because I have like a clue of like why, you know, right. like exactly. if this isn't random. It's there's like a reason for this. Yeah. Um, and I and and I and I think that with people, too, like especially, you know, if you're talking about people who have like toxic traits or kind of like mm -hmm. pathological behaviors, um, maybe they're not like a predator, you know, but like just people who like <laughs> yeah. are kind of. They have a little bad, sociopathic, or, or they just have bad skills. They have, they have okay. I feel like you We're know, all if, I, weird. if I have, I mean. if I have the right, if I have the right context, I can maybe be like, well, based on this fact about that person, it makes perfect sense that yeah. they suck at this type of being, like they suck at this part of being a person, right? Like, and then even if you're not like, even if you don't like it, you understand. You can it. still be like, I get that. Right. I can put that in the, I can put that in the file of like how I interact with this person. Right. And it doesn't. I don't have to throw the person in the garbage, because like <laughs> they, you know, because they have like a perspective or whatever. Because they are a really bad communicator, or because they overreact. I can just be like, I understand this. I get why they're like this. I can still care about them, and I just know exactly kind of what boundaries I need. Yeah. But. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I feel like it shouldn't be that much of a no brainer that like this tidbit about Bollywood films could apply to people. But it seems really hard for people. I see where you're going with that. I mean, and that applies to like musically how we got into that. Like you can't just like give somebody every Frank Zappa rep record. Right. And expect yeah. them to, right. to, to, get to, it. to get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. have to you have to be eased into yeah. something that insane. Yeah. <laughs> I was know? talking about this with an, my friend Drew, who I interviewed a couple weeks ago and mm -hmm. he was saying like, yeah, you need, you need the early adopters to like be the kinds of people who dig in and like right. figure out why Frank give Zappa is weird taste. and cool. Yeah. And just then you need bit. those people to like give the next person, you know, like the next 
the non-early adopters like some clues, like some tools. Yeah, yeah. Like listen for this, check this out. Right. Like notice this thing so that the person who's, you know, listening who maybe wouldn't have had the personality on their, you know, first listen to kind of get it will be able to. Right. I don't know. If they got to be eased into it. It's like yeah. it's <laughs> So, um did you end up like studying music oh. in college or like what, what happened in your early um, adulthood? Uh, no, I mean, I played in a bunch of bands. Okay. So where did, I yeah, don't even remember. We, we went off on talking. a whole bunch there. Like, sorry. Oh, I got, I got and also, that's you're okay. welcome. That's yes. That's the deal. Right. Oh like, <laughs> um, no. We were talking about how you started getting more serious about guitar. Okay. And then I'm kind of oh, wondering yeah. like what happened, you know, in when your did I get really early twenties or like just, right, right. just, Played in a whole bunch of bands, How and then I moved. To, I moved to Idaho. Okay. Like when I was like twenty, I think twenty or twenty. Was there like a specific reason? I just needed to get away. I was yeah. just, just stagnated. Why did you choose Idaho? You know, I it was between Idaho and Colorado. I had a friend that lived in Colorado. Now I kind of like, yeah, oh, I like, wish I would have went to Colorado. Colorado. I mean, Idaho sucks, especially yeah. right now. It's just embarrassing state Idaho to live in, has, honestly. But yeah, well. This also, is where like my dad the, was. Like, okay, that's a yeah. good reason. He moved all over through my childhood. Like, I spent a lot of summers in Washington and Oregon and in Hawaii. Okay. Wherever he was. And then he ended up here, which actually was really cool in the 90s. He lived in yeah. Washington. I got to go to Seattle. Yeah. And when all the, you know, all Alice the, in Chains and Soundgarden, when all like that was all happening, the, yeah. it, was, it was hugely influential yeah. for me musically to be there, cool. you know? Um, but yeah, the, he moved here. And then I was just like, all right. And I, one weekend, I was just like, you know what? I'm coming up to live with you because I need yeah. to go somewhere else. Okay. I was just yeah. heavy into drugs and partying okay. and playing in like funk bands and like yeah. just not doing anything. Yeah. What can you tell life. me? Like, I know it's hard to like reflect on these times, but like, can you tell me like what was going on in like your development? Like what was the, I can be more specific. Um, I'd maybe like to know like what, did you kind of feel like you just weren't sure what you wanted or did you feel like you knew what you wanted and didn't know how to get it? Like what that. was kind of, okay. I knew what I, I knew I wanted to play music for a living. Okay. I wanted, but I didn't know, I didn't know how to do it. I mean, I, and I still don't know how to do it. I don't, yeah. I'm, like, I'm still figuring so that it out. that was your like, intention. Like from what, like. I wanted to be in what, a rock band. At what point were you like, this is what I want to do? Probably, I, probably right after I got my first guitar like 15 like 15 or 16 yeah. somewhere okay. around there i was like this is it and were you were you thinking of yourself as an artist like no or was it like i might be an I artist i wanted to at be mike mccready from pearl jam okay like that's <laughs> okay and then and, and then about? i got into jazz and progressive okay. rock and then and that's when like music and that's when like Music had to be complicated and interesting for me. Okay, okay. You know? And that was, like, late high school? Yeah. Okay. And then, so, during these kind of, like, first two years, like, out of high school, um, I don't know, like, like, I think sometimes when we have struggles in this time of our life, like, it's really common because... Mm -hmm. It's a ton of pressure it to is. be it's 18. Hard. It's hard to be a teenager. Do you have any, like, insight into, like, you know, what you maybe, like, wish you would have known during those years or like musically or just like about life like about life i think no i don't because i don't even know what i'm doing now yeah. like I, <laughs> do you feel like you just like mystery, needed like, to like that you it was inevitable like what, having some like tricky years 
Yeah, I think that's yeah. just a part of being a human. Yeah. And I and yeah. I that's just up and down. I mean, even in my adult life, I've had things that have been yeah. extremely hard for yeah. long times like that. That's just I just think that's just life. Yeah, yeah. I don't make I don't even make long term plans anymore. Yeah. In my yeah. life, because nothing yeah. has ever gone the way I planned it <laughs> yeah. ever. You know, all my dreams, all that stuff is just like that's just. I'm just going to just go with the flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's healthy. <laughs> yeah. So you moved here when you were like 20 and you mm-hmm. started getting work like pretty quickly? I immediately a joined a band with my dad. Okay, cool. Because so he was in a band here called the Solution Brothers and they broke up and started a new band and they needed a bass player. Okay. And I'd been playing guitar and bass in a couple bands in Salt Lake. Okay. And that and I did everything back then. I started doing I started playing guitar and like progressive rock stuff. Okay. And then I joined a old man like Jethro Toll, cool. Grateful Dead Rootsy. band. Yeah, it was really yeah. really fun. We had a flute player and and they were all like in their 50s and 60s and I'm in cool. my 20s, cool. you know. And uh and then I moved up here and my dad's like, "Oh, you play bass, right? We need a bass player." And I was like, "Oh, sure, let's try it out." And yeah. joined and the week later I was on stage playing with them that's great and that was 70s rock disco funk stuff cool and we played three or four nights a week for like five years cool all everywhere everything you could do in this (laughs) valley that's awesome yeah and were you doing any writing or visual art at that time uh i was recording my own music okay right before i moved up here i started working at musician's friend call center okay and that was big for me, too, because, I mean, that's just talking about gear yeah. and recording all day long. And we had a break room that had instruments in it. Yeah. And that's when I first got a digital audio workstation. I okay. could plug my guitar right into that and record myself. That was just... Yeah. And it didn't Crown sound like a crappy tape or yeah. anything. You know, it was amazing. You um, did you ever think about going to college? I went to college later, actually. You went to college later? Yeah, way later okay. in my life. Well, sometimes when I talk to artists who didn't go to college, I want to give them like the opportunity to say why that's like a fine path. I, I didn't at that point, because all I wanted to do was play music. Yeah. I didn't have enough time. I don't have enough time to worry about math or any of that right sure. now. Yeah. I got to get down to rehearsal. Right. Because yeah. we need to learn this funk song, you know what I mean, or like, whatever. What did it feel like to you? Like, like... At this time in your life, were you just kind of like, well, we, I, I have to learn this funk song because we have a show. Mm-hmm. Were you thinking about it? Like, was it, was there any like kind of art, like what this means, like what it's about, like what it's doing for me? Like, were there any of those kinds of abstract things going on in like your development? No, not really. I it think was kind it was of like, more just like tangible. Yeah, okay. and I and I was always like the visual artist of the band. I, I'm always the one that comes up with the logo, you know, or yeah. does all that kind of stuff. So I had that always kind of tied into it, or like coming up with some kind of, I don't know. I, I it sounds pretentious to say like your artistic vision. I'm always the no, one. No, that's that, what I'm asking about. Like, yeah, I know. Like, it's yeah. Just, <laughs> it's such a weird. I don't. I. I it's such a weird well, thing for me to be like. I'm such an artist, and I'm the one that we always forget has the that like we were like, 18. You know, like you know, like if you're talking I had about these grand visions of it when I was younger. Okay, that's yeah. what I'm wondering. So like, <laughs> yeah. so like during that time, like there were you were feeling visionary. Yes, I was making the big backdrop for okay, the stage show. Will you show tell me about like, that? Like, just what what do you just, remember about it? I just it? started. Like I remember this one. We had this huge backdrop that was. I don't know why we hauled it around. It was a big, huge. Carpet. Canvas. Okay. It was a carpet. Okay. My uh, a drummer that I played with, his mom owned a 
carpet warehouse, and we would rehearse okay. in, the, in the carpet oh, warehouse. Cool. And, so, and they had a cutouts, just extra pieces laying around, and we had one on the wall. And one day I was waiting for everybody to show up, and I just was like, oh, I'm going to just start drawing it. I just started drawing. Yeah. I drew our name, the band cool. name Perception, and made this gigantic yeah. mural. And, and everybody's like, that's just what Landon does. Perception, which yeah. maybe means also there was, were you being artsy in we the band? Were, yes, very okay. much so. That's, it was very that's much kind of like what a, I was wondering. Like, yeah. And, and like, again, I, I was just want to ask, like, what do you remember? Like, what did it feel like to be inside that? time in your life like it was great because there was no responsibilities other than you know the whole responsibility in life at that point was just get up and get down to the rehearsal studio what kind of like stuff were you thinking about in the band like when you're writing lyrics like what were were there like themes that you were trying to like get at or mm. there was a lot of i don't know there was a lot of it seems like a lot of our songs were about things like like homelessness yeah. Or, you know, just whatever like, was going on. Because actually was, and now that I think about it, we rehearsed at Downtown Music in Salt Lake. Okay. Which is right by, uh, what was the name of that park? Pa Pioneer Park. Pioneer Park. Yeah, which I, I don't know if you've ever been to, by, down by Pioneer it's Park. still where all the homeless people are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I didn't even live we there wrote back about then, what, was, what yeah. we saw, you know, yeah. people doing drugs and, you yeah. know homelessness yeah. and just what was i mean we don't did you feel like and again like you're allowed to you know when we're 18 we don't really sure. know but the intent right. that's why i care about like the intention like rather than like a retrospective like that was shitty or yeah. like we didn't know we were <laughs> talking we about or like we were do? just privileged or you know whatever but yeah at that time were you were you guys kind of thinking about like just injustices like I mean, what was that? Was that kind of what it was about, or was it more just like observational? I think it was more observational okay. than like, uh, like we weren't out to like fix anything. Okay. We were just basically complaining about it. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. <laughs> but was, maybe like trying to kind of make me see things as they are. To yeah. It or yeah, like this yeah. is a shitty thing going on. Yeah. Like, does everybody else just see thinking this about too? Truth you know? and reality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, as an eighteen-year-old, right? Like what's going I on? I love in the it. World. Like, like I, I, have talked to so many people that will kind of apologize for like their, like their unrefined. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but that's <laughs> but part of how you get like, there. You know. Also, like the intention of it is pure. Like, sure. you know, you're just you're just trying your best to like be the kind of person that you want to be. Which is again like why maybe I'm interested in kind of like these values. Like, like what are what are we trying? Like what are what are we valuing? Like, yeah. you know, and kind of looking back at it and thinking like, we weren't there yet, but we were kind of trying well, to see, find I'm not the right sure things. If I had any, like, like, uh, I don't even know, like, like some kind of like intention behind mm. the stuff I did. That's why I'm always like, I don't know why. I'm I also think it. that like, is a valuable thing to say too, you know, in the interest of like, in the interest of everyone should be creative. Mm -hmm you can have a a value or a like a um a perspective mm -hmm. or you can just have a, an instinct yeah <laughs> you know? i like this pretty color next to that pretty color you don't either one like, yeah you don't you don't <laughs> need like i think i think they're equally valid especially in developmental years yeah i mean maybe there's a time where it's like if you if you have never had a perspective in your whole life like maybe you should. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. And maybe a I'm lot too of that, young to have a thought about that. One can lead into the other. Like there's, you know. Yeah. 
I paint a lot of abstract stuff that yeah. has no intention or anything. It's just right. like literally just I like the way this color looks next to this color. Yeah. Those skills and things that I learned from that can be applied to something that has an intention behind it. So right. it's all part of developing or you could also, who you are. Yeah, you can also infer an intention after, sure. you know, like kind of lay a narrative on something, which right. I think is also lovely. Yeah, you know? I love that too. Yeah. And, and and that can also be influenced by how other people see it. Totally. You know? Well, you know, I talk all the time about like these artifice things, like it's just a word that I like to use for the unknown things, yeah, like yeah. the untold stories or the un, unexplored you know, corners of these, these kind of like threefold relationships we have with art, the relationship of the artist to the art, mm -hmm. the relationship of the artist to, sorry, the, <laughs> the artist to the art, the art to the audience and the audience to the artist. Right. Yeah. Like these kind of like these, these, there is potential like richness and confusion yeah well it's like, like you, all of you these were components saying, saying earlier about how your intention and how people perceive your art whether it's music yeah. or whatever it becomes such a different it can become such a different thing than what you intended totally well and when i'm talking about like the artist to the art i mean like again like this kind of bollywood thing is like such a simple example of mm -hmm. that like no like me as a consumer did i say artist to the art i mean audience to the art, artist artist yeah yeah, yeah. like we you. maybe we don't think about that one as much but like for me as a consumer, even having a vague idea of what the artist was going for might make me have a totally different relationship yeah, to the art. For sure. Um, well, yeah. see, that's a thing too. That's like a, sometimes I don't like to learn songs. Yeah. You know, you learn a song and you're, it kind of takes the magic away yeah. sometimes. Yeah. You, you know? see kind of like, how it was made. Yeah. Like last yeah. night I had my buddy Clint over. He's the, he's the guy I co-host the uh, open mics okay. with every Thursday. Okay. And we, we needed some new songs. So we came over last night and we were learning a bunch of songs. And we learned uh, uh, John Cougar Mellencamp. What's that? Ricky, John and Diane or whatever Jack the hell and it Diane. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which everybody, it's like Dragon built in Diane. there. It's like I never would have wanted to learn this song, but it's. Life goes on. Yeah, people will sing along to this, so yeah. we'll learn it. You yeah, know? I mean, it's one of those things. Yeah, and it's so easy, and but it's just one of those things that you've heard a million times, and you never think about it, and then we finally learned it, and I was like, it's just, it's just that. <laughs> that's that's it. Like, <laughs> okay, I on the other hand learned Love Shack last week. Oh, there you go. That's and a I was like, yeah. why is there no repetition in this entire thing? Yeah, there's like a million lyrics. Everything in that song. is like, new. Yeah. Like, yeah, and that's the kind of thing where, like, I would have thought the entire song was Love Shack, right. baby, Love Shack. Right. Nope, there's a lot going on. It's like a five-minute song. But see, now now that kind of thing, where it's a little more than you thought, yeah. I think that's fascinating, too. <laughs> I because know. Now I you like, probably appreciate that way more than you ever did. Appreciate might be the wrong word <laughs> for how I feel about it. <laughs> You're really annoyed. I feel, hate it. I feel I don't rage, know. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, no, I feel like you there this too. This is it's all like... different, and because it's all different, it's not that easy to learn, and it's all equally 
so boring. Well, it's that's how I felt. Oh, about okay, it. now that's it. Yeah, now what makes like, it hard is that you have to perform it. That's what, yes, yes. That's what I mean. Just I had to like actually it, learn it. It's like, oh, that's interesting. As I'm but looking at it, I'm like, this it. is gonna uh. take so much more time than it should. Yeah. For the fact <laughs> that like, because I know the audience is only gonna hear love. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'm like, but yeah. I have to know like when we're heading down the highway. Right. Like I have to know all these like stupid things anyway. Yeah. I mostly I'm joking, but no, I did I, I know feel, what you mean though. I like, did feel like rage making a chart for that. Like sure. why doesn't it repeat ever? Yeah. I learned a Bob Dylan, a tambourine man. I learned tambourine man like a couple weeks ago. Bob yeah. Dylan. Did you feel like that yeah. about it? I yes, mean I know I like, Bob Dylan, many, I just don't know tambourine how, man. How many words? Why I mean I, I have known this song forever and I just knew the chorus, but like, there's why is there all why this is in there here? nine verses? Does there have to be nine verses to this song? Yeah. Nobody knows any of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get that feeling sometimes. Or like I feel this way about country music a lot. Like mm-hmm. country music is like the the great disguiser cuz it sounds like nothing so much of the time. Yeah. But like country music like and I'm talking about like the poppiest country music okay. like the kinds rock of stuff that twang. the pop, kinds of stuff that twang. people or pop with a little yeah, yeah. guitar or something. Right. Right. Um the kinds of things that people are always requesting for a one-off wedding like their first dance. Sure. These are these are the situations in which <laughs> that's what you just did, right? Like, a wedding. So yeah. You're, you're, yeah. Okay. So there there will be like bars of five. There will be mm, phrases right, with right. like three three bars in the phrase. Right. Like country music. I always I'm so frequently like, why did you have to make this so complicated? It's because they're following the it's, words. Um, it is. That's what it is. And then some producer somewhere is like, this is a five. This is a five beat measure. Right. This is a bar five. <laughs> they don't know that probably. Yeah. The, sometimes and then the I, artist as I'm making a chart like... for it, knowing that like we're gonna play it one time. Yeah, exactly. Ever in our lives. We're making it our own way. Let's do it. No, uh, well, I usually will make the chart like the recording, but I'm just thinking like, this is not a lot of bang for buck. Yeah. For <laughs> my band to well, learn I, this I really complicated a, song. A lot of like. A, 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 one thing that's been fascinating about hosting this open mic that I've been doing every week is we've been having people come up and play their originals who have like never been on stage before or never had a guitar player play with them. And that's exciting for them. It's challenging for me. And especially in that way, because they don't, a lot of them, right. They don't know that it's gotta be eight bars and then a chorus and then eight bars and right. a chorus, you know, like your typical, yeah. your typical arrangements or whatever. Yeah. They're like, I'm going to play this 17 times because that's the way the words go. You know what You're I mean? Right. Like, yeah. And that's been really interesting Yeah. because they don't have the rules totally to break. They just are doing their thing, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Same kind of ideas. Like it's just really, it's just really fascinating. To yeah. Me. Well, it gives you a clue into like how someone else is hearing something. Well, yeah, and that's everybody hears it differently. Yeah. And and even we hear it differently. Like I've I've been playing piano a lot lately. Yeah. And that's changing the way that I'm hearing my guitar playing. Yeah. I've noticed. Yeah. I'm hearing chords differently like yeah. that I've been playing wrong on guitar. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I that doesn't sound right. But it's like yeah. changing my ear just to hear interesting linear notes. Yeah. Instead right? of, you know, you yeah. find me uh, an E on guitar. There's five different places to play that one E note. Right, right, right. Piano, right. it's everything's left to right. Yeah, you know, I know. Right Piano in a row, is it's like, so much like nicer that yeah, way. And I it think is. it's like changed my ear. Cool. And that, which I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I went off on this I tangent. Mean, but <laughs> No, I mean, I think just that 
that these kinds of little things can like dramatically change the way we're experiencing yeah. something. And oh yeah, and what it's saying is that it's just I am constantly changing the way I perceive music. Yeah. And when I look back on when I first started like really like studying it and learning and like figuring out how to make these sounds, it's always been like that. Yeah. And that changes the way that I hear music. Right. And nothing's it's just never been the same and it's so fascinating to me to have these people come up at an open mic who have never done like they're totally green you yeah know? and yeah. to remember back then when before i thought that i could have an odd number of bars or whatever right. you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. i kind of wish i still had that like freedom mm. you know i don't know if i relate to that personally because i i was like kind of an academic musician child really so right off, like did you yeah. start off with lessons right off the bat yeah. and like okay yeah and i was really serious about it really which is another reason why i like to ask people like what did it mean to you as a kid because like so i you... took everything so seriously as a child huh see that's interesting and so you immediately got into like learning theory and all of that see i tried and to i just cared about it i was just like so much i immediately started writing songs i really? was like i want to play with yeah, and people I'm, and I'm, like, I'm i'm like doing the opposite of that like I think I really, I like rules and structure. I think that's just like a, my personality type mm -hmm. kind of a thing. And I think I felt a lot of like safety and comfort in like the rules and the structure of the theory and of music. And mm -hmm. I'm the same way with other mediums too. Like that's just, that's an across the board, sure. like Emily's preferences okay. kind of a thing. <laughs> but I also do have like a, like a kind of, like I was always also a very whimsical child. So oh. it's like a weird juxtaposition of like, I was a really serious child in some ways and like a very magical child in other ways. Yeah. And I think I separated those things a little bit by activity, you know? Okay. And like as an adult, I think my main, my main goal in my life, in like this part of my life, mm -hmm. um, with regards to maybe art specifically, but maybe not, I don't know, um, is to kind of like marry those things. Okay. Like, yeah, that's what you want. Yeah. Right? Like, which for me means like leaning less on the rules and leaning more on the, the whimsy. Okay. Yeah. Creative so freedom stuff. But yeah, but I mean, were I, you, I mean, if you were like super into theory and stuff like that, where was your, like, where was the whimsical and creative stuff coming out? Was that musical at all for well, you as a kid? I think when I was younger, it was just, it was maybe more like, um, I did write, like I write, I wrote poetry. Okay. Um, and I drew a lot. I mean, I like, I was always drawing like mm. dragons and mermaids. And, <laughs> and then I, I think mostly the whimsical parts of my personality were living like in my brain. Like okay. I okay. just like was, I just like had magical thinking. So now you're working on getting those out. Right. Okay, yeah. They gotcha. were like my own private, like I was, in, I was in a daydream a lot, Okay, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, when I was actually doing things, I was like pretty structured. So the kind of things that people would maybe know about me mm. would be these more structured things. But then I was like in always daydreaming and imagining a lot of things that weren't based in reality. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I think and then I think when I went to college that I didn't nurture that at all. Really? For like a good while. And that was more like structured, like discipline. Yeah. Okay. I mean, North Texas is like the structure and discipline capital of music. Sure. I think it's like <laughs> it's very intense. Yeah. And I think for me, like 
I know it's a weird thing because it's the opposite for a lot of people, but that felt a lot safer to me. Yeah. And like these kinds of like go where it takes you, like just believe it and feel it. Like I was terrified yeah. of that kind of thing. Well, jazz is a lot. Jazz is an interesting mixture of both of those. It is. Right. Yeah. That's I can see that why you're super into jazz and like that's like you. Like. I know it is, but I don't think I I think I only recently have started to like put that together. Mm. But I think when I was a kid and I um bought that kind of blue record, yeah. I I felt like this is magical. I can tell something magical is going right. on. Um, and then when I kind of like learned that there was some structure, I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I can get to it like the other way. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, I was drawn to it in the beginning because it's like such a, a beautiful blend of like Both. these kinds of emotional, right. like esoteric things and like so much theory and so many rules. Yeah. And um, you have to know your theory to. Yeah. But I, I was very scared during my college years of like letting go of any of the theory okay so did you ever get into like improvising like do you ever are you comfortable just getting on stage with strangers and just making shit up you know i think i think like okay the quick answer is probably no okay but it's probably mostly because it would depend it would take the right people yeah i love um, i love that i, I love think it. i'm the kind of person like just you know genetically like mm -hmm. i think my my kind of like personality makeup lends itself to that direction but i got treated like shit my whole childhood mm -hmm. and i think that right. that kind of thing requires a lot of trust sure a lot of trust and oh, a yeah. lot of like yourself i'm okay else, you like, gotta have like good self-worth yeah, to do that kind of yeah, thing for sure. so i i think i'm i think i'm the kind of person that like having had a slightly different upbringing mm -hmm. would have been like a nomad <laughs> you right. know like i think maybe so I, so I am trying to like reclaim some of that. Yeah, that's good. I think that's an important thing to We'll see to what do. it. Yeah. But then it's just like, I don't know. I think we can we can what if as much as we want, but I do kind of feel like it happened the way that it happened, like for sure. better or worse, and I might as well think it's for better, sure. you know? <laughs> and then like I lose nothing by thinking like it's fine the way it happened. Um Well, you're doing okay. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah but then I think like Let's see, like, if I can maybe pull in, like, some more of that stuff that really does feel really intuitive and natural to me in my, like, inner world. Yeah. But that doesn't feel intuitive and natural to share. Well, yeah. See, and, uh, and that does take a lot of just confidence, yeah. you know. Yeah. There's a fine line between all that, too, confidence and arrogance. And, right. You know, and all that. And right. you, but you have to have some of that, especially to get up on us, just to get up on stage and do anything, even yeah. if it's something you've like perfected. Right. But to get up on stage in front of people having no idea what's going to yeah. happen is freaking scary. It is. I was actually <laughs> just thinking about this yesterday when I was on my drive up here. Mm -hmm. um, that. That was one thing as, as a child, I loved being on stage so much. Mm -hmm. Like I was such a ham and just like loved like smiling and like, I mean, when I was on stage as a child, it was dance and Broadway. Okay. And I loved it so much. And it wasn't even like a, it wasn't at all like genuinely, it wasn't like a give me attention kind of a thing. It right. was like. I am so, so happy to put on this show for you. Yeah, like, right. I'm so happy to just, like, be participating in this, like, joy, like, joyful, like, bubbling over kind of an endeavor. Right. Um, and 
I definitely like lost a little bit of that in college too because yeah. it was so serious. Getting into the seriousness yeah. of it. See, that's kind of the way I feel like, like when I was saying how when I first got into guitar, I got into progressive rock and jazz. Right. Like, right. I, it became too serious. So serious. Yeah. yeah. It's like now if there's no, you know, it's got to be in seven, eight time signature or I'm not yeah. interested, you know what I mean? And then it wasn't until way later when I started realizing, oh, like there's really something magical about three chords and yeah, a beautiful chorus. Totally. You know, like I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's it's interesting and I don't know. I think lately I've been thinking so much about I'm I'm 33 and I I I'm so aware of how like hopefully long my life will be, mm -hmm. you know, like right. and how I'm 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 pretty aware that like hopefully I'm not even halfway done. Yeah. Um and then I just think like there's so much time. Like so much there's time. so much time to evolve into like a very perfectly weird old lady. Yes. Like <laughs> Yeah. Get you a nice little plenty hobbit of hole time. Yeah. to live in. <laughs> there's plenty of time to like just figure out what kind of hats I'll wear. And you know, and if they ever actually figure out how to, what is it, the singularity, where you'll be able to upload your conscious to the internet. I mean, you could just keep going forever. Could keep so. figuring it out. Right. Yeah. Like, Dive I've, into I've, that creativity. I've been like very inspired by old women lately. Yeah. Um, like, and I just, I don't even mean like. Like old Women I mean, that like, live in I've the been cottage thinking of like, like, no, I'm thinking about like, I'm Dolly Parton. Okay. Like I'm thinking Love about Dolly, Dolly Parton yeah. and then I'm thinking about like oh. Nancy King, who's okay. like a wacky jazz vocalist. Yeah. And then maybe like, I don't know, probably some other like old, older actresses. I just want to be this like eccentric like, old jazz lady. I, can I don't see know. It. I, I mean, totally something. I just have been thinking about old women that like have these vibrant personalities that like mostly no one pays attention. Like people don't pay attention to old women. Yeah, um, no. And I've just right. been thinking lately, like the interesting dude, ones that go do their own thing. Yeah, just, let's like just what are these ladies doing, and how can I get there? <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, let's talk about what you're doing now. Okay. And then, if you want to kind of connect any dots in the middle, you're welcome to. All right. I think we're pretty much to where I was at. I played a band with my dad, and I've just been playing in bands around here okay. ever since. Okay. Cool. Um. My longest running one, besides the one I was in with my dad, is called The Soul Honey. And okay. it's... It's a great name. Thank you. It's like 90s rock kind of stuff. We've got a few originals, but we mostly just play covers cool. around bars and, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Boise has actually, like, kind of a great live music scene. We do. There's I'm a lot I'm always surprised by it. It's yeah. a million times better than Salt Lake. I know. Well, it seemed like when I was in Salt Lake... It seemed like it was all punk bands. There's, there's like, <laughs> there like is hardly live music there yeah. at all. Like I was in a, I wanted to play funk back yeah. in those days. I, uh, we had a sax player, you know, we had horns. I was like, I yeah. want, I want to play this. And we were the only yeah. one in Salt Lake at that time doing anything like that. Yeah, there's not it was a all lot just of punk. live music there. There's yeah. like, just aren't even venues. Like they're right. just, there, there, there are hardly any venues that have live music. Yeah. There's, and that's part of why I came here yeah. actually I went to I grew well I grew up in Salt Lake and I came here and like partied at a bar until two in the morning for the first time in my life yeah. and like saw live music at a bar and I was like oh this is what life is this really like outside cool. of yeah. Salt Lake yeah. like yeah. it's this is real life you know yeah. and 
And there is a great music scene up here. And it's, I mean, there's everything from bluegrass. There's lots of great bluegrass and country bands. And yeah. there's a big metal scene. Cool. I mean, there's there's just a big variety of stuff going on up here. So you have the Soul Honey and mm-hmm. maybe playing in some other bands too. And then mm-hmm. tell me about the open mic and the podcasts. The open mic is just an acoustic open mic um, okay. that me you, and my friend you host started it. Doing. Yeah, okay. me and my friend Clint host it. He's a cool. really, really good singer and a pretty good guitar player. And I'm... A pretty good guitar player and an okay singer. Great. So we like balance each yeah. other out. Cool. <laughs> pretty nice. Cool. And that's been super fun. Just like just a, you know, who wants to come play? And that's been challenging to play with yeah. new people, play yeah. their originals for the first time, yeah. like that stuff. It's been that's kind of really, cool. Yeah, yeah, fun for a lot of people. Um, and then lots of art. I do, I had a movie that was in the Cinema Boise Colossal Film Festival last year. Or whatever. What? I don't. Think I don't think I, I mentioned that. that one to you. Yeah. Sorry. But when did you start making like to what? I, so <laughs> I <laughs> like two years ago, I was. I have this giant TV, and I was laying in my bed watching TV on my phone, mm. and, I, and I thought I have this incredible device, and I just use it to watch TV and get on Facebook. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to use this to create yeah and i got rid of games i took everything off of it and wow just kept creative apps like music making apps and video apps and started i'm gonna start making videos i'm just gonna start making whatever i can with my phone that's awesome and i wrote a song in garage band on my phone cool and i was like okay what else can i do and then i made a video to go along with this song and it turned out way better than I thought, yeah. you know, and I put it up on Facebook and people liked it. And it went to somebody at some local film festival thing. And they asked me to if I would be in it. And I was like, sure. And That's great. Yeah. And I and, uh, got to go watch it. Took my daughter to go watch it on the big screen at the movie theater in Boise. Yeah. And it was really cool. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I wanted to ask you. Well, OK, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll ask these I have a couple of like remaining questions. Okay. Um, first, as a person who dabbles in so many mediums, mm-hmm. um, do you have like, like, what are your thoughts about, you know, what it means to be an artist who gets to call themselves an artist? Um, hmm. You know, I don't know. What are your, do you I have soapboxes about this? Not entire really. Concept? I, I don't because I, I feel I I feel weird about calling myself an artist. Yeah, yeah. Tell me everything. <laughs> you, know, you do have thoughts about it. I do. I, I guess I do. Yeah. But I feel like anybody can call themselves. I don't. Yeah. I don't feel weird when I hear someone else call themselves an artist because I look yeah. at what they do. I'm like, oh, you are an amazing artist. But yeah. I, I I can't see that in myself for some weird reason. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I mean, do you have any some any theories? Weird psychological. Th- I don't know. I'm first now. I'm just now starting to think yeah. about it for the really. I, but, a lot of my guests say this. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of my guests say like, I don't. This word it's artist. that imposter it syndrome. Like, I mean, I do a lot of shit. I mean, I do well, this a is, lot. This is why I preface this question, like, as a person who has so many mediums, because I, I think it's never good enough, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- I'm not surprised to hear you say that, not because of anything that you're making, but I find that m- a lot of people who make a lot of things mm-hmm. maybe feel like the fact that they're making so many things means they're like not focusing enough on any one maybe I, i've been i mean i've been specifically interested lately in interviewing creatives who do a lot of things for this exact reason mm-hmm. personally 
I think it's bullshit. You can be an mm. artist. I mean, I think yeah. these are, um, I think these are ideas that like get in. They're yeah. like, unless you're like, I'm a fine art painter, right. period. Or right. like, I'm a studio guitarist, period. Right. Um, I think some of the imposter syndrome lives maybe in the fact that there's, like, I'm just a creative. Like, I just yeah. create things. I'm not a specific thing. Yeah. So I'm not And we anything. kind of feel like we don't <laughs> really? get to, like, maybe, claim uh, that identity. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I think that's what I've gathered from a lot of the people that I've talked to. And so maybe with those things in mind, like, maybe rather than saying, you know, like, do you have thoughts about what it means to be an artist? Who can be an artist? Maybe rather, like, can you reflect on like why you feel kind of permission or like what, how you're able to give yourself permission to make what interests you, even though maybe you're not like thinking of yourself as an artist. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. That's one of those mysterious things that I think about and I'm just like, I don't know why I do this. I just follow the idea. Yeah. I don't know where they come from or yeah. how it happens, but I talk about that a lot with like one of my friend who, has a hard time writing songs yeah. and I'm trying to explain, like I can pump out a song like that. I could come yeah. up with a riff like that. You just, you give me a note yeah. and put a metronome on and I'll, man, my hands will just go somewhere yeah. on that note and we'll find something. And I talk about following the riff, yeah. following the song, like everything seems to have. And that feels like genuinely path. like pretty natural to you. You don't, yeah. you, you didn't have to develop um, like practices no, like, cool. well, I mean, I have this one, like, this, uh, I don't know, I guess it's kind of a practice. I have this this thing I started a few months ago called, I call it the social influence experiment. Cool. And so I went on my social media and I I randomly asked for three things. Oh, yeah. I've seen you do this. Yeah. And I so I asked for a letter from A through G, a number from 50 to 250, and then the feeling you're, the emotion you're feeling right now. Yeah. And I've used, I got like 70 or 80 replies and screenshotted it. So I have it, you know, as, yeah. a, as a backup. And whenever I'm like in between projects or not feeling something, I'll go grab one of those and say, okay, this person picked E86 and they're feeling happy. Yeah. So I'll... A little prompt. It's yeah. Like a little writing prompt. There's three starts. Key of yeah. E. Tempo 86, try to make it happy. Yeah. And so that's been kind of like that's an really exercise cool. yeah. musically yeah. to just see what happens. And that's totally following the riff. They yeah. all they all start out, this is the first thing that my hands did when I picked up that instrument. So maybe even just like when you were making this decision to kind of give yourself this prompt exercise, mm -hmm. like what did that feel like in your brain? Like There was a... A th there was a thought process behind it. Uh, my thought process was, okay, this is going to be something to, well, I, I, first I needed something to do while other projects were like uploading. Yeah. Like I've been digitizing all my music. Like, right. So I'm always waiting for something to upload or whatever yeah. a video to render or something. I needed something on my phone to do yeah. in between. And I can do all this kind of stuff on my phone. But the idea was like, I want to challenge myself musically just to make these little fun instrumental songs. Yeah. But it was also to like challenge myself video, like with video too. Yeah. Cause each one has like a, there's a, there's a song, cool. there's a podcast episode to go with it and there's okay. a video to go cool. with it. And so I make each one. And my goal is just to get better. 
Yeah. I want each recording to be better. So I want each video like, to be like better. Like you built yourself a game. Like you built exactly. you build a game into your practice, which you know this is the kind of like meta creativity that I'm obsessed with. Right. Um. So I'm hearing you that like this is kind of just intuitive for you somewhat to just like this is just how your brain works. Um. Do you do you have any like advice for you know? I don't know, maybe like how, how, how you might, how you might like tell someone how to have the kind of perspective that's like, I want to get better. I like games. I want this to be fun. I'm going to just make this happen. I'm going to give myself like a game. The first thing to do is start. Yeah. The, I mean, the, uh, I, I don't know where I heard it. Somewhere along the lines, someone said, your first song is probably going to suck. Yeah. Your first podcast is probably going to suck. Your first painting is probably going to suck. Yeah. But you just keep doing it and eventually it sucks a little bit less. Yeah. And that was kind of the whole idea behind that, like that social influence experiment. Yeah. And my whole goal was just to make each video better than the last one. Yeah. And so far I have. I've done four of them and each one, the videos do look a little get, bit better. The sounds. Do you get like discouraged? Like, yes. Do, what kinds of stuff do you, what kinds of stuff do you get like <laughs> art angst about? I... Uh, well, I was, just before you got here, I was doom scrolling on Instagram, yeah, looking happens. at guitar yeah. players and going, oh, why am I even trying? <laughs> just like this guy did it with no effort and he's gorgeous and has this beautiful smile. And I'm just like, I'm ugly and I can barely play. Like, you know, I have these these things. I I'm get just like, feeling why? like that, like every day as yeah, well. All yeah. the time. And, you know, and I've I do a lot. I put I've put a ton of material out there. Yeah. And there's just so much shit for the world to wade through right now. It, yeah. it gets lost. I know. You know, so that's really discouraging. It's very discouraging. And a lot of my stuff is crap and I still put it out there too, just cause I just, I mean, it's like, I like that kind of thing. It's almost like a, it's almost like a, it's like a fuck you to the naysayers. Yeah, like, exactly. I love making things. I'm going to make things right. and I am going to share them with you damn it it's not perfect <laughs> you know? but this is how i got to what i want yeah. to do or it's it's, a, it feels, it's all a stepping stone yeah stuff. it feels very um like i said before like kind of defiant it's like a i don't know like it's just these little things but you know when i when i think of like the fact that we are just like we're just primates you know like yeah. we're just like we're just these right. mammals walking around but like having this incredible little spark that's like now i'm gonna make things yeah. I'm going to make something. Well, it's cute. If you look at it like, you know, like a biologist or like an alien looking at humans, yeah. you know, we're cute. Oh, we make these shiny things Ugh. and we've got to hang I'm them up so on our walls. I'm so impressed with and... it. I love it so much. Yeah. And we're adorable I think little creatures. If we think, yes, if we, <laughs> if we think of creativity in this way of like this, just this precious, like this precious little resilience, mm -hmm. you know, that like maybe sometimes it strikes a chord with like another mammal you right, know right or a we make large shiny group things of for mammals. a friend and hope yeah, they like them and like, hang them on their walls it I'm feels like, <laughs> so special it, it feels very precious to me i agree and i think like whatever we can say to like remind people that there's no right way to do it there's right. no like right you know there's no like level of permission I mean, other than the permission you give yourself, um, which you're a person who's great at that, which is why I'm wondering if you have any kind of insight of like what that feels like. And I, I know it's not always like a how to, cause like, you know, like mm -hmm. with me and my like 
productivity thing. Yeah. I can't tell people how to do it because it just Well, you is did write a course on how to do it, though. But that's not the productivity. <laughs> that's the songwriting. Yeah. But, like, this kind of, like, in, intrinsic well, yeah, motivation. Well, you do. Right, right. That kind right, of motivation you. is, like, um, that's just, that's my personality. Like, yeah, I couldn't too. teach someone to do that. But I could maybe give a little insight into, like, what it feels like mm. that might just. What does it feel like? Tell me. Well, oh Tell my gosh, now I'm on the spot. Yeah. Well, I, I think I'm like you where it's just like, I'm just going to do it. Like I'm following. Yeah. I think, I think the truth is like, I'm following the path of least resistance for me. Right. And the path of least resistance is like, I want to make things. And right. so I'm going to make whatever I'm interested in. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to start a project where it feels easy. Like, so, um, yeah, I mean, I think you're you're doing that too. I, I think a lot I think of times people don't know that it's that's what it is. Go ahead. I, I'm chasing a feeling, like yeah. like when I, you know that feeling, like when you listen to a good song and you're in the passenger seat of the car and it's raining yeah. and you look out the window and it, you know you just that like nostalgic feeling that yeah. there's something I, it's hard to explain. There's just like that magic that there's like, like a richness art in that has. feeling. Yeah. You look at a Monet. And you and I get that feeling. Like I, I, I call it the fruit feeling. And okay, this is really weird and cheesy, but it goes way, way back. Please when tell I, me. When I was little, like four or five, uh, I would go to a friend's house and they had this painting on the wall. It was a, a still life yeah. of a fruit, just your typical still yeah. life, a bowl of fruit, bowl of pears and grapes. Exactly. And I don't know why, but whenever I looked at it, it gave me butterflies in my stomach. Yeah. I love just, that. It, it moved me. Just yeah. and I loved this painting. But I didn't know what butterflies in your stomach was. Yeah, I yeah. didn't I just and I called for my whole life I called it the fruit feeling. I love it. I and love I would that. try to recreate the fruit feeling yeah. everywhere I went. I, I, I wanted the fruit feeling. Yeah. And I think and that's what I'm like, trying to do. Totally. And it's just like however that. however we do it, however we can get it. Right. You look at a good painting, yeah. you hear a good song, it's just and you want to hear that song over and over again until you yeah. hate it. It's just yeah. you're we're going for that kind of like magical feeling that just like takes all anxiety away and just like yeah. all the shitty stuff about being a human is gone. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. When you're there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm looking for. Like when I when I'm super inspired by something like uh have you watched Bo Burnham's latest special? I was gonna ask you about it. Oh my god, it's I so really, incredible. really liked it. I love I love I've loved him for years and I, I just think this haven't I mean I don't really know anything but oh well it, I had no what I'm saying is I had no previous references and okay. was just like well this is amazing he's amazing he's had he's got an amazing story his whole really? base started uploading videos when he was 16 and wow. on YouTube wow. and, but anyway his newest one inspires the hell out of me because I watch it and I'm like that's like that's what I'm doing yeah I'm sitting here in this hobbit hole yeah. with a camera and two shitty lights, yeah. and I'm trying to do that. And he, when I watched that, I get that that inspiration, that fruit feeling. That, the fruit yeah. feeling. It's it, and what it, yeah. what I've discovered is that fruit feeling is an inspiration. It's yeah. like like that's what I'm trying it's possibility. to possibility, right? Yeah. And I watch something like Inside, like his special, yeah. and I'm like, I want to make that. I want other people to feel that feeling. Yeah. I want people to feel the fruit feeling like I do, or I want to. Make it so that you have it. I yeah. have it. Yeah. yeah. So that I can get away from the reality of yeah. everything. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was crafted. So like, 
I'm I'm always curious with these things, like how much of it is intentional. But I, I told Andrew because I watched it. Andrew was asleep and I was still awake, <laughs> as I always am. Yeah, okay. And it's one um, of those deals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he. he 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 doesn't always sleep well, but I never sleep well. Uh, so it's I'm like, with you there. Yeah. <laughs> and um yeah, I was watching it kind of late at night, it, like with my, you know, headphones. Mm-hmm. And uh I was just thinking like, this is doing such an amazing job of kind of getting me right to the edge where I feel like this is really stupid. Like right. this is just right. this is just very silly. This is like silliness. Right. And then suddenly going like, Oh my god. Yeah, all of a sudden he hits you with some deep reality. And I have to assume that that's purposeful. Yeah. Like just right up to the edge of like so, so silly. And then just like, ooh, that was a reality We're going to have a fart joke. Yeah. And then we're going to all of a sudden get heavy about your mental health. Your privilege. Like, yeah, 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 Yeah. whatever. Like he's he's brilliant at that. That's that's what I love about that. And also like several of the songs I was like. I unironically really enjoy this. Yeah, exactly. There are some great, I mean, he's hilarious. Some like, some like really well-crafted songs. Right. But what I like most about that and why I, why that is the thing lately. I mean, I have a million things like that, that give me the fruit feeling and get me excited. And like, that's been inspiring to me lately because it's just him. And I feel like I relate to that. Like I play in a bunch of bands. I've had a bunch of bands, but like I have these other projects that I've done, like the social influence experiment. I've done a bunch of bands that are me and a loop pedal. Right. And it's because I feel like I always have me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been in bands where the guitar players double booked. And so I have to figure, I booked this gig. I'm not going to cancel it and ruin my name. Right. Right. I'm going to get a loop pedal and I'm going to figure out how to get through the rest of the fucking night. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I started another band that was just me looping things like that. And so I feel like I relate to that because I always have that just, I'm going to do this on my own. Yeah. I love collaborating with other people and getting those ideas. Like that's a whole other world. So I'm like often a solitary creator. Yeah. I'm very much. And I have a weird schedule too. So I'm up all night. Yeah. Like, and so, well, nobody's awake at three in the morning to jam with me right now. So (laughs) that makes sense. Yeah. For me, it's like that inner, that inner world is like such a private thing that, like Mm -hmm. I said, I have a hard time communicating about with people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I like to kind of make my, my precious things. Yes. (laughs) Well, that's why I really related to that one. I was like, oh, this is just a guy in a room. Yeah. And it's absolutely brilliant. That yeah. he made an hour long. Of it was really song. good. It I keep was. Andrew hasn't seen it yet, and I, every night I'm like, Do you, "Are you ready to watch it?" Well, I introduced <laughs> my daughter because I knew I I I introduced my daughter to it. I knew she would love it. Yeah. And so we were like, "Okay, we're gonna go watch Bo's first special." Yeah. And see how he's evolved into this because he's very much a. It's a it's a an, an exaggeration of who he really is mm, as a person, yeah. but you can see how he's evolved and his story's yeah. amazing. And I don't know. Well, the last thing I wanted to ask you about is your daughter and uh-huh. if you have any thoughts as a parent about um like encouraging creativity which you're already kind oh, of talking about it but yeah it was the last thing i wanted to ask you about so i encourage the crap out of it but i think that it doesn't come because i'm dad yeah yeah you know what okay. i mean she's yeah. like um, yeah. she wants to sing she used to sing when she was younger with me yeah. all the time we would sing beatles all the time now i can't get her to well it seems yeah. though like just from what i've read from like your posts that you you are a really big influence in the way she just like thinks creatively about people and ideas and that's that's the that's the most important thing right you know the mediums come and go but like that's 
the stuff that's happening in your brain, that's the stuff that really matters. Whatever she's into or gets into, she's got full support of whatever yeah. it is, you know. But I've, I mean, she, I think she's starting to realize that her life isn't normal. Her, her, not all of her friends go to shows every week yeah. with their dads right. and watch him on, make an ass of himself on stage for a few hours. You know yeah. what I mean? Like she's now starting to realize she's 13. So she's yeah. starting to like, Oh, like this is actually kind of cool. Yeah. She values, uh, she values you know, it. Right. That's awesome. She's starting to get, cause it's, I mean, it's been there her whole life. Yeah. I've always had a guitar Yeah, that's cool. in her face since she was a little baby or whatever. Yeah, and just know? showing like, again, these kind of like a, like a, a different kind of a value system. I think that's so important. Like, just for people, I was going to say young people, but all people to know that, like, you don't have to have, like, the values that, you know, corporate sure. capitalism says you should have. Right. Like, I mean, some values I think we should all have, like, don't hurt people. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, right, you know, right, beyond right. that, like, there are so many ways to, like, kind of honor, like, the you know, the life that you like would like to live. Right. And that's a creative endeavor as well. Being happy in life is definitely a creative endeavor. Yeah. Like I, I have a hard time with the whole capitalism thing. Like I got, I got written up at work last year because I didn't want to move up. Yeah. They've been asking wow. me, I've, I've been in the position I'm at now for like two years and I'm comfortable in it and I have yeah. a good work life balance, Yeah, yeah. which is what everybody wants. Right. You know, I work like, three days a week and I get to play music the other half of the week. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but don't you want to move up into this position and do that? And I'm like, no. And I got yeah. written up for it. Yeah. Cause you, it, it's like about, it like boggles people that you'd have a different set of yeah, values. Wait, wait you don't want to be the CEO? Yeah. No. I want to yeah. go to work and then turn around and play my guitar the rest of the night. I want to my life at work. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, th I find that bizarre. Yeah. And yeah, I could work harder and make more money and get a nicer house and all that shit. But you know what? I got a lot of nice guitars sitting around here that I love playing. Yeah. And yeah. that's what's important to me. It is. Yeah. You know? So um, I really have instilled that into her. That's is awesome. It's like, you know, it, it, it's all about your happiness. Yeah. If you want to be... A CEO? Sure, yeah. Go for it. I think you have to be a psycho to want to do yeah. something like that. But, I mean, that's a whole other deal. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess, well, maybe it depends on what kind of a CEO, how big is the mm, thing. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. That kind of big power. To want it, like, or, like the president, for instance, I yeah. think you'd have to be crazy to want that job. Like, those kind of big, huge kind jobs. Of agree. I think yeah. there's something, like... I, you know, Spectrum though, I will maybe? say, yeah, maybe, you know, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't listened to this, so I can't speak to it for, per, for personally, but Andrew was telling me, and I thought it was a really good insight, mm -hmm. um, that he was listening to Obama's interview with Conan O'Brien. Oh yeah. Which like, that's going to be good. Right. Yeah, of course. Everything um, with Conan's amazing. Yeah. I know. And Andrew was saying that Obama was saying like, you don't like set out to do this. Like mm -hmm. you, you just think you're going to be a lawyer and then right. like this door opens and then that door opens. And I'm sure there are people who set out to do it. Sure. But I like that idea that like, I think if, I think if there is a way to do it, that's probably the way to do it. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, I agree. Like I didn't Someone's like, that, Hey yeah. man, you should run for office. And you're like, uh, well, maybe I should. or like, if you think of like AOC, like, you know, yeah, yeah. well, someone should really run for office who can fix this. And then all of her friends are like, 
she could do you it. should do it <laughs> yeah you're you right. know like yeah. that that's that makes sense to me of like no, but yeah right. if like that's your if you're setting out to do that i do feel like that's a little bit like narcissistic scary maybe thing i don't don't know i I don't know that i want to put a word on it but it's right but it is it is what i will say is it's not something i relate to yeah no i i like that actually you i think you make a real good point there and i think that's kind of the way i live my life it's it's just like i'm just kind of like hey do you want to do this and you're like okay sure (laughs) and then like maybe if if you find yourself in charge of a big thing it's because like there was just enough little things that just yeah. led up into that. Mm, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah it could be. It, I could see it being that way. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to say broadly about art, creativity, anything else you've been sitting on that you uh, want to share? I mean, I got all sorts of projects that's happening. Um, I think the only one I didn't mention is my podcast. Okay. I'm going to ha- ask you in a second oh, to tell okay. everybody. Yeah. Okay. I, I meant more like philosophical things, but don't worry, I'll have you. Yeah. stuff. Let's see. Let me pull into my It's okay if, there's, if there isn't anything, but no, if I there is, I, I want to give you a... I think of anything that I missed or We talked a, about a lot of stuff. We did. We went in a lot of places. I've, I like to... I have a... Um, I forget what it is, but there's another podcast that I listen to that mm-hmm. they they ask the guest at the end, like, is there anything else that you want to do? Almost like um, at the end of a yoga class when the teacher's like, do whatever pose we haven't done yet that you like okay i kind of i like the practice of just kind of like whatever artsy fartsy shit you're thinking of is there another soapbox that you have places good Um, i think so too yeah so i I knew you would too so it's 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 so easy to talk to people who like talking yes i agree um so i always ask everybody at the end on this day what's your dream collaboration oh my god well i mean it depends on what collaborating in music you can build a whole team you can be like, you can give me a person for each medium, or you can just pick one today. You can do whatever you want. There's no rules. Okay. Um, you know, I've been really into the art of Alex Gray. I don't know who that is. He's a, a psychedelic art. He did all the artwork for Tool. Okay. So really psychedelic stuff. He taps into like the web of humanity and the collective consciousness, or that's how he he describes his cool. artwork. He's cool. a, he was really into LSD and cool. Got into that kind of stuff. I would love to I'm really do into the idea of the collective consciousness. Yeah, me too. And I and that in creativity also is yeah. a whole other thing. Like, that's that big magic stuff, right? Like this idea is it's just there. gonna go through the neural network until it finds. We need the tools to fu- to pull <laughs> yeah. it out. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's that. He's he's that same kind of thing, except he taps into it visually with cool. his art. Cool. And I know Tool's already done it, but I would yeah. love to have something like that, like visually with music. But I had this idea once where. Um, I was it was back when I was doing my solo looping thing I would play on stage and then I I loved the idea of having an artist behind me with a canvas like cool. making a making yeah. a painting like improvising yeah. a painting in cool. real life if I cool. could if I could pick any one to collaborate with I would just love to have Alex Gray on the stage painting but I don't know if I'd be able to perform anything I'd just be sitting there watching him like yeah like just playing and getting distracted yeah um mixed media collaborations are my favorite answers yes I love it I love why not that's what I was thinking it's like well what do I choose I want to do yeah that's why I'm I'm into the idea of like I want to do like a big like mixed media show yeah and there's like dance and then there's like um you know uh 
tasting, <laughs> like oh, food I tasting like oh, in the yeah. lobby. All right. And then now you're going like, to places I wasn't like, thinking, but I I'm down. I want all the set. I want, like my dream collab collaboration is like every sense food is taken care of, <laughs> which is just a music festival maybe. But I want maybe. it to be like yeah. Yeah. air conditioned. Yeah. Indoor air conditioning, like a couple of like cheese a, plates, like a little heightened. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm into it. Like I want, Some I wine. want it. I want it to be like like that, but like high art. Yeah, I like it. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, and then finally, tell everybody where to find like all of your projects. Uh, my main creative hub is the Landonius Monk Facebook page. I started that like a year ago. I took a long break from social media. Yeah, and came back and started that page and was like, all right, I'm going to start this page for like my visual art. I'm going to promote music here and I'm going to just friend everybody around the world and yeah. accept requests from everybody. And yeah. that, that has been super fascinating. I do that too. And I, I regret it sometimes, but usually not. I have a separate account that I keep private really for like people I know. Oh, I never, Be I regret. I don't, reg I think the thing you're saying is different from what I'm saying. Okay. I'll regret like, accidentally friending someone who's like I regret that a too. white nationalist. Yeah, yeah, I regret like, it. See, when yeah. I first started, I was like, oh, sure, I'll, I accept a friend request from anybody. Yeah. And that was a mistake. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it took a long time to like weed a bunch of assholes I've out. I've learned to like scroll the first like little bit of yeah, a profile. Exactly. Yeah, now I'm more selective. But I am but pretty like, I'm just curious about people. So. Yeah, well, that's why yeah. it was it became fascinating. I mean, I'm just fascinated why what people from all around the yeah. world post to Facebook. Yeah, what are you like? Right. Yeah, what's your deal? There's a lot of sad women out there. Yeah. Which is one thing I know. There's a lot of just sad, hurt women out there. It's just, oh my gosh. But, but I went that's to not like... The, that's not the truth that I learned personally yeah. on Well, Facebook. that's what I first noted. That, and yeah. there's so many realtors, I swear to God. Yeah. There's so many, okay, anyway. It's probably I, the algorithm. I get friends but. from like MLMs and oh, sad yeah. men. Sad so. men. Okay, <laughs> interesting. So like I said, it's fascinating. Yeah. But... but it's I don't I don't know I went to like all the musician groups and all the art pages and just friended yeah. everybody. Cool. So cool. I mean that's been that like I said that's been kind of like the main hub. Cool. And uh, I post all my music stuff there, and then I also have the Brain Radio podcast. Yeah. Which is my podcast. I need to check it out. And uh, that I had I was starting another podcast with my friend Jerry and yeah. some things in his life turned it's around on hiatus and, a bit. yeah but we didn't know how to start a podcast so yeah. we were like well, and i was just like well i'm gonna figure it out and i'm, I'm gonna, gonna do fig mine yeah, yeah. i'm gonna figure this out by starting my own cool. and once again i'm on my own yeah 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 like uh, i'm just i'm Get gonna it, do man. this so yeah. that everybody else knows how to do it and i had i figured out how to do it and that's cool. that was the premise of it is like I don't know what this is going to be about or where it's going to yeah. be but we're figuring out how podcasts work and it turned into this now i have a whole format where yeah. it's kind of turned into like life lessons or like people have started calling it dad lessons oh, what, what dad that. lesson do you have for I'm us i'm sure today? i would <laughs> like that so much so it's all like it's basically me navigating life and i tie in music that i'm discovering at cool. the same time because i'm really into like i don't ever want to be that person that listens to the same 10 bands i listened to in high yeah. school like yeah. i'm always looking for new yeah. things to excite my ears. Cool. And so that's yeah. become a part of it too. It's like, what band can I explore? And so every yeah. episode has like a life lesson and then a band that ties into that lesson. That's somehow. awesome. And then at the end, I put on one of my old songs because I've got like seven or eight albums that yeah. I've recorded that are yeah. all just analog. Cool. So I'm like, 
And here's a song that I wrote that is kind of tied to this idea. That's or awesome. That's so, a great premise for a show. Yeah. Brain out. Radio Podcast. Yes. Okay. And that's on all the places. It's everywhere. Yeah. All the. Well, Landon, it was so great to meet you and talk yeah. with you finally. I know. It's been a long time <laughs> coming. Long I've, time. I've been like, Emily's just so cool. We have so much in common. <laughs> I can't you. wait. To well, I guess what, I should like. just tell the listener. I didn't say it at the beginning, but um, yeah. So we friended each other on Facebook right. in this same kind of, I'm always trolling around for creative people. Yeah, like, me if too. I, yeah, I'm, tr- <laughs> I'm, trolling, I'm trolling the interwebs for creative people. Right. And sometimes I'm like, you might be creative, but you're an asshole. So. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but everything you post, I'm just like, Wait, hold on. Are we the same person? I know. There's been a lot of like uncanny things. So and I was like excited. doing the same things in the day. Like, oh, you went swimming and ate a ton of cheese today. <laughs> really, I did too. That's weird. I know, like, <laughs> like weird things. There was like a week there where it was happening a bunch, and I felt like a creep. Like I kept being like, me too. And then I was like, okay. But seriously, though, me too. Yeah, yeah. This is getting weird now. <laughs> there was but. one day, I don't remember what it was, but it was too specific. It was like, you, we were both doing our taxes. Right. And like one other that. thing that was like. Just a weird, obscure thing. And, yeah, and then and I was just like, okay, like, this is. I told Andrew, I was like, listen, you know, this guy I've been telling you about that, like, I think might be like kind of a male version of me. Yeah. Listen to this. <laughs> like, listen to this post that he wrote. And Andrew was like, that's weird. It's pretty weird. It's, it's pretty weird. My sister has said that too. Like she's like, February. you know Emily Merrill, right? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you guys are like way Wait, too who's similar. who's your sister? Uh, her name's Erica. So this is my, she's the one that married my okay. guitar teacher. Do I, wait, do I know her? I I don't think you guys know each other personally, but she's- We a, have like mutual friends. Yeah, yeah, okay. something like that. And, yeah. my, and her, like her and my brother-in-law, the guitar player, they had these two boys. Okay. That are just phenomenal, like very talented, extremely. Cool. Like they went down to the uh, Caleb, whatever. Soundhouse. Yeah, yeah. Sound, they've been at the Soundhouse oh, okay. for years. I know a lot of people in that. So I think so, you, so your she, paths have we've crossed. Been yeah, peripheral. That way. Well, that's yeah, that's funny because yeah. seriously though, like there have been so many things that, it, or like you'll post a joke that like I had just like said to Andrew <laughs> like earlier that day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I just I'm glad anybody gets because that's the thing too. I was I've dabbled in stand up comedy. Yeah. And I was I was like I've I've done like two or three open mics, and I was like, all right, I'm I've got enough material here. I think I'm gonna really try this. Yeah, that's And then great. of course the pandemic hit. So now I have nowhere to put my shitty jokes except for on Facebook. Like, and I'm getting a good reaction from most of my jokes great. for so long. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe there is something here. You know, but. I have like a secret, I have like a secret fantasy of like maybe trying comedy at some point in my life. See, I think there's a thing. Musicians all want to be comedians yeah. and all comedians want to be musicians. Why? I don't know. Why is I that? Don't know. I don't know. That's a yeah, thing, it's though. It's like playing with like the same but like different sides of the same timing. coin or something. It's yeah. timing. You, and I've watched a bunch of videos on YouTube where like people will take like comedic bits and play the drums to them. And there yeah, is like a there beat is a timing. to it. There's timing. So I, I maybe like it's tied that way. I would be way. really natural at that kind of thing. And I, mm-hmm. I don't have stage fright. I like being on stage. Mm-hmm. But I think I like comedy where the, where that's very well constructed. Yes. And I don't know how to do that. So that's hard. Yeah. That's, that's hard. the kind of, it's the kind of thing that I, I have in my brain is like maybe in my fifties, I'll just, yeah, that's, I think now I've, I've, I think I've had enough shitty life experience to where, and I'm like, I can make a joke about a lot of shitty maybe things. Maybe I'll just now. be like, like a, maybe like the weird old lady that I'll be fifties is not old. The way you clear. described it. 
I mean, you know, older. Yeah, Maybe yeah, I'll just yeah, be right. like the kind of quirky old lady I will be will be like, I'm in my 70s starting a stand up comedy I career. I love that. I love that <laughs> idea. That's great. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish I hadn't said that out loud yeah. a little bit. It's too late. It's, it's on my, recording it's like now. It's my secret. Yeah. Now it has to be <laughs> manifested. Well, I don't think it's a secret that I like fantasize about what kind of an old lady to be. No. And I feel like very inspired by like cool old ladies yeah. that are just doing cool, old cool ladies stuff. Rock. Yeah, they really do. do Okay, well, I already said, like, Landon, thank you. So here I go again. Okay. Landon. We'll end again. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, thank you (laughs) so much for coming over. It's a blast. It's my pleasure. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, you can reach me through my website, emilymerrellmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L music.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.